reaching for the stars. Put those stars down. You don't know where you found them. No, but I have to follow them in order to achieve my dream. Young man, do you know where those stars have been? In the sky, quite obviously. Do you know how filthy much. the sky is? Do you know how filthy the sky is? There is. Uh, there are chemtrails, there are bugs, there are birds. It's disgusting. Man, but, but the sky is where the Commonwealth is. What? Uh... <laughs> Hello, strangers on the internet, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to take on the world. Welcome to this year's first episode of Nitwick, the podcast about friends and video games. This week, we are starting the year off right by expressing our hopes and our dreams for the coming year. What games are we excited for? What new trends and ideas are on the horizon? And will we live long enough to see them anyway? Hi, my name's Drew Fasciano, and a fun fact about myself... My gaming New Year's resolution for the coming year is to download and listen to more gaming soundtracks because game music is freaking amazing and I need more of it in my life. And I most definitely agree with that sentiment. Oh, well, thank you. That's a good one, yeah. Thank you, strangers. Thank you, strangers. <laughs> game soundtracks is well, predominantly what I listen to over the, uh, when I'm working. Well, as, well, Drew, as you know, I am stranger number two. Stranger oh, number one. Hello, I'm stranger number one, sometimes known as Adam. Uh, and my gaming New Year's resolution is, I guess to finish P5? <laughs> yeah, you need to. <laughs> I guess that's my, honestly, my resolution is probably the same as last year. Uh, try to beat more games, but more in particularly, I gotta beat P5 and do it quick. I, I have shit to talk about. This, I want I want that to be year. your gaming resolution. I think beating P5 is a wonderful resolution. I don't know how far you are in it though. I don't know how realistic that is. We'll, we'll figure that out. I think I'm... Uh, for a later time. Uh, but Stranger 2, who are you? Well, my name is Zach, as you might be aware, or you might not be aware. Sometimes people don't know who I am. Those people are losers though. But co it's cool. You now know who I am, so you're cool. I rarely know who you are. <laughs> Excellent. Anyways, my my gaming resolution is um, I'm going to actually turn on the Wii. This, sorry, not the Wii. The Switch this year. <gasps> hey, that's something I can do as well. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I want to turn on a Switch. I want to do it. It's okay, Drew. You, you can come over to one of our houses and just turn the Switch on, and then your new and then 2018 is basically done for you. <laughs> yep. But. Okay, that sounds all right. It sounds all right, I now, guess. Now, Zach, are, are you going to beat any of those games, or just do you want um, to turn it on and that'll be it? I'm probably going to beat Breath of the Wild. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm a little late to the game on that one, but I still want yeah, to play so it. Yeah, so am I. He says as he looks at the Breath of the Wild special edition next to him. <laughs> yeah, um, I say as I stare at my Switch. Uh, I, I stare at my PlayStation 4 because it's got Bloodborne losers, whatever. Hey. Well, I mean, mine has that too, yeah, but I got other shit I'm doing right now. Oh, I'm sorry. That, oh, that didn't come out in 2018. Checkmate, Bloodborne. I'm sorry. I was just super <laughs> jealous you know of your switches. But do you know what else didn't come out in 2018? What was that? Well, I was going to say our weeks, but that's not true. They did come out in 2018. <laughs> that's exactly when they came out. Wow. 
All right, uh, Nitwick's podcast resolution. Be better at transitions, apparently. We're working on it. it that's our New Year's resolution. Um, yep. So Nice try. Uh, <laughs> Drew, did you have a week? I did have a week, Adam and Zach, strangers who I now know. Uh, I had a wonderful couple of weeks. Uh, holidays happened. Um, Tahoe occurred. I went up there with a bunch of my friends, uh, went into a cabin, got nice and comfy. It was raining. Uh, then we found some snow and decided to hike through the woods. Uh, and then we ate a whole shitload of food and drank a whole lot of alcoholic beverages and played a whole lot of board games. Um, we had an extensive ground of Catan, uh, the likes of which is always oh. very intense and strange. Um, I'm still mad about it, but <laughs> it's okay. Wait, <laughs> Friendships wait a second. Wait a second. Over okay. Catan. I have some questions. First of all, exactly how many people went? Was it like eight people this year? Uh, it was a pretty good chunk. It was, I think, about eight, yeah, because there yeah. was three in one car and then four in another. Yeah, eight, eight, eight car, eight people, eight okay. people. Um, um, two. How big was this game of Catan? Okay, so the game itself, uh, it was me, Keenan, Drew, Anthony, Justin, and Mike for a little bit. Um, it was one of those games that goes on for a couple hours and. Basically, it started off where Justin and I were immediately just screwed over by luck, and Short Drew was like, oh shit, look at all this gold I have found. Isn't everything great? Isn't everything great, guys? <laughs> Who put all this wow. gold here? That that sounds like a repeat of many, many, many other games I, I, just, I have was... played with Drew of Catan. It's okay. Um, um, what happened is me and Justin, we kind of resigned ourselves to our fate, and every time we like got terrible rolls or something shitty happened to us, we would both like refill our whiskey glasses and then drink to the hunt and then down our whiskey. So... <laughs> Did did that help or hinder? Um, it helped me on a spiritual level. So I'll, I'll... and that that's also you know really important. <laughs> it is. Uh, so one thing I do want to mention about this is that I was also invited to go to this. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of getting a little vicarious living through it. Um, mm-hmm. and I did it, and I couldn't go because um I had two family members who had birthdays on that weekend. You did, um, who, like on the Thursday before. So I was like, oh okay, so I'll just you know we're gonna do something on that weekend. I I can't go up there. You were dedicated um, to family, which is understandable. Yeah. So, well, Thursday rolls around, um, Uh-oh. and both those family members show up when I get home, and we go have dinner and have like the big we have the like birthday thing on Thursday. The the it the big event. Yeah, and then I kind of like I come back around and I I ask uh and so I ask my dad and I'm like hey so are we gonna so are we doing another birthday celebration on the weekend and he's just like no no that was it oh no. <laughs> So, Zach, I want to point out, as soon as you said, I got invited, but we had things to do, I thought in the back of my head, it was like, how much of an asshole would I be if I said, and then he was he was able to go. It's like, yeah, it sounds like that happened. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what happened. Um, and Aww. so I I could have gone. There is a, like It was like Thursday night when I figured this out. Hmm. And so I was like, I could go, but I also am like, I'm not prepared at all. Did, did you do that, that thing where you were just like, man, I, I want a nap, though? Was that what yeah, was exactly. happening? I see. I was like, I just want to go to sleep. And so I did. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll throw on this. I also got invited to this super fun cabin in the woods. Uh, I had work and stuff to do. It was super busy, so I couldn't go. But I'm really glad you guys had fun. It, oh, sounded, yeah. it sounded like a great great time. Yeah, it, it sounded was, really fun. Uh, I have to ask for this Catan mm-hmm. uh, dealio. 
who eventually won? Well, ultimately, it came down to Drew just winning by longest road, and, and that is yeah. the least that's surprising some... event. Like that's some that bullshit. is the most boring game of Catan you have just told me about. It wasn't boring. I promise you. I drank to the hunt. There were things occurring that were quite humorous and like lovely. No, like listen, <laughs> Drew shacking up on a bunch of islands with gold on them farming those for a bunch of resources and then winning the game via longest road it sounds like every single one of drew's every single time drew has played this game he plays it like that what a sneaky bitch <laughs> he's not, not he's this. not even that sneaky he's very obvious the entire time zach, and he's zach, always like oh like i might not some, win this time and he wins every like time some baggage here zach it sounds like you've got like a dark history of Catan. I love playing Catan, like and I love playing with Drew, but he wins every time, and he's just got this, like, weird fake... Mo- well, it's not even Drew. fake modesty. I think he might be honestly being modest. Sorry, I have some beef. We have clearly stumbled <laughs> down a dark road, and I think I'm going to pull us out of this. Uh, the last thing I'd say about Catan is, yeah, that game really do- can ruin friendships. It- thanks, thanks, Settlers of Catan. Thanks, Settlers. <laughs> Drew, did you do anything else this week? Um, of note? <laughs> This week of notes, that was the highlight for me. Uh, games related, I uh, played some Until Dawn, which involves teenagers in a cabin in the woods getting murdered. So that was pretty dang good. I uh, thematically... I sense a theme. <laughs> thematic. Uh, no one died in our group, but... Um... Ah, bullshit. <laughs> no, I, I busted... <laughs> oh, I, I busted it out. Uh, Adam, you were there. Uh, so was Matt. Mm-hmm. Um... We got together and we were like, hey, let's get drunk and kill teenagers in a video game. Wait, and, Matt was uh, in town? Uh, yeah, Matt was in town. Matt was like here for like a day. Oh, okay. A day and a wink or whatever they say on the internet. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, did that. It's fun times, good times. And and here I am. I want to I wanna point out that in our attempt to get a bunch of teenagers killed in Until Dawn, uh, the opportunity to get one of them killed, we think, only showed up <laughs> once and then... Because of Matt's gamer reflexes to see a button prompt and hit it, we eventually were unable to kill said teenagers. Yeah, he was too quick. <laughs> Rest assured, though, we will kill those teenagers. <laughs> we will. Does that make us the killers? Maybe. Like, if we're, like, sitting here like, oh, we want to kill these teenagers, does that make us, like, the super meta-level killers? Uh, I have no idea. But it's probably? entirely possible. That's a cool premise. And on right. that note, on that note, I've told you all about my week. I would like to know about Adam's week and how Adam's doing this time, this time of year. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. What did I do this week? I am um, so busy. Was a little bit busy. Uh, let's see. How did I start this whole shindig off? Uh, I went to a New Year's party with all you guys. That was fun. Yeah, it was. It was very fun. That was pretty fun. Not much. Nothing really big happened. It was like, yeah, it's a party. Uh, excuse um, me. We killed one year and replaced it with another. That's pretty oh, big. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, okay, very quick t- side story. I didn't put it in my week list, but we were at this party. It was great and all, and I'm having a great time. And all of a sudden, like, I get really bad heartburn. All I just right. end up, like, passed out on the couch because I'm tired. It was like, what a way to wing in the new year. <laughs> yeah. Um, besides that, uh, this week uh, was kind of just a average old week. Nothing really big happening. Uh, in terms of games, uh, I played a bunch more Persona 5. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned for my resolution, I, I made a bunch of progress recently. Um, I'm hitting one of the, uh, the game kind of goes in like big uh-huh. gameplay block, big story block, big gameplay block. I'm hitting one of the story blocks. Um, so I just hit an event that was like, wow, that's a lot that just got dumped on me. Oh, wait, wow. wait, what yeah. are you? 
So Zach, I'll 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 preface this, and I don't want to spoil it, and I don't want to give away exactly where I am for people who do play this. Um, we had somebody show up at the school, and we thought, oh, this is gonna like this is great. We'll be, totally be able to use this to our advantage. This was the worst idea. <laughs> okay, wait. Are you in November? Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna are. type you a. a oh, okay. Th- never mind. Uh. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, we we were hitting a bunch of big stories. No, I, I know where you are. I know what event you're at. I I don't. Right. I don't. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You're gonna. That's how it'll. Five. That's how it'll stay. Um, but yeah. So game's still really good. We're hitting a lot of. Um, if the big like climax of this story isn't coming soon, I don't really know where this is going. At this um, point. I have a feeling it is. Have um, you? Are you? Uh, uh, Zach, I, I don't want to get a date because you're gonna say something. Right. Um, right. Okay. Okay. But Persona 5 is still fun. Uh, I played more Darkest Dungeon, or as I have to call it, Dankest Dungeon, because it's dank, recently, recently everybody seems to be getting plagued and diseased and just fucking blighted. And it's like, oh, wow. Shit, guys, this place sucks. <laughs> yeah, that does suck. Like, I took a... How do I put this? I took a group into the, the backwards, like, forest area, and it was like, hey... We're all super cool, tricked out, ready to go. Let's go through the woods and clear out these these enemies. Everybody came back with a new plague and disease. It was like, ah, oh, fucking hell! Aww. You're all fired. Get out of here. Oh, Adam. I don't. I have no money to spend healing you all. Oh. Um, Darkest Dungeon continues to be fun. Uh, and besides that, I just watched a bunch of anime and such. Ooh. Nice. A lot of fun. Was checking out the new. Uh, there's a series called Garo, Divine Flame. Oh, cool. That's some rad shit. It's like medieval uh, guy, like medieval high fantasy thing. But like Japanese, like <laughs> super Sentai characters show up. It's like, Wait, this is amazing. Is that the one this. with the train? I, I, I recently saw like... This. What? Never mind, never mind. There was a, a YouTube clip. It was super hardcore with these like teenagers on a train and they were getting chased by not Attack on Titan and... Oh, oh, that's uh, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Yeah, sure. But I I didn't remember the name. It's I think it's a zombies thing. It's like a weird zombie, <laughs> yeah, doodad. Thing. I haven't I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was my week. Not well, that, not a whole lot happening over in Adamland. What Aww. an excellent but I wonder, week you had. But I'm wondering to myself mm-hmm. if something might have happened over in Zackland. Well, in Zackland, quite a number of things have happened. Um, probably the first one, and this is probably the least games related. But uh, so a friend of mine is moving out, and uh, well, a couple that I know are moving out, and they had a couple of bookshelves, and I was there when they were talking about how like, oh, we got to leave these bookshelves here, and I was like, I need a bookshelf very badly, and they were like, okay, cool, we'll give you it, and so I was like, nice. And so we arranged to give it at the New Year's party. I was just, we were just going to like leave the party for a bit, pick up the bookshelf and shove it in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought like, all right, cool. So it seems like a small bookshelf. I can just stick it in my trunk. It's all fine. Um, so the day of the party comes by and I have to take a shower over at a friend's place because my shower doesn't work. And I literally spent the whole day just hanging what out. What happened there. to your shower? Um, the hot water came out and then the day of the party, they were fixing it. So there was no water. Oh no! Right. Yeah. Um. And so I ended up driving three friends to the party, and I drive like a sedan. It's a five-seating car. Um. And so I get to the party, and and I go outside. So I have to leave the party, go out. I pick up the bookshelf. Um. I carry it with with uh with one of the one of the couple. 
We take it in my car, and then we open the trunk and go, yeah, this thing's going to fit in my trunk. <clears throat> oh, no. So so we have to put it in my back seat. Mm-hmm. And so I get back to the party, and uh, and I inform those three people, and I'm like, hey, I, my back seat's kind of taken up. And they're like, oh, no, that kind of sucks. And, like, I was, <laughs> I was, like, sitting around hoping that, like, and so, like, a number of friends had, like, offered to take them home, all three of them back back to their place. And you just sat there like, boy, I hope somebody else takes these. Well, they had, they had offered, and I was like, I'm really worried about this. Well, worst comes to worst, I'll, I'll just, whatever, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, and so, time comes around, someone literally walks up to them and says, hey, I can take you guys home. And they were like, nah. <laughs> and so, I was like, I, I, saw them leave, I saw those people leave and went like, this is fucking bullshit. And so, so I had to... I basically had to leave the party, get in my car, drive home, pick up my shelf, carry it up up into the apartment, walk back down, get back in my car, drive back to the party, pick them up, drive them, and then, like, I, I got back and immediately picked them up, drove them home, and then I went home. And I went, like, this has been a very dumb evening. <laughs> On the plus side... I was really hoping you were going to tell me I had to disassemble the bookshelf to fit it through the Oh hole. my god, that would have been terrible. Um, no, on the plus side, on the good side is literally the next day I I, I basically cleaned my room and I got all my game Finally. consoles off the floor and now they're in my... What the They were on boxes. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and so I was able to like move the boxes off. Um, and so now I have all of my consoles are either sitting... Basically, I've opened up a whole bunch of space in a corner of my room because now I have a bookshelf and like all my PS4 games are on there and my 3DS games are on there. All my magic cards are in like one box. It is super, super fucking awesome to have a bookshelf. Um, nice. It's also relatively uh, light, so it's, it's just super easy to carry around. Mm. Um, but yeah, that is that has been that. And now I I can actually I have I've like plugged in my Switch. I can play it now. Oh. Oh, excellent your yeah, new year's resolution is on the way yeah exactly that's right um, all you gotta do is turn it on so in in game news first I'll, I'll go over this one quickly uh the overwatch league starts tomorrow i'm pretty hype about it and we move um sorry very short news i bought like a, the junk rat skin for for the shock and i might pay 10 bucks and get two more but oh, nice and so those are the special like team skins that are out for the game right now. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the team skins that are out for the game, and I think they're going to be permanently out for the game. Um, oh, nice. And so you pay five bucks and get a hundred points, and you can spend the hundred points on a skin. Mm. Yeah, it's like five bucks per jersey. I know it feels kind of. Meh. I kind of, but and, you know, if the, the skin looks nice. Maybe it's a nice recolor at least. I think the is idea nice is like you're repping your team or something. Like if you yeah, actually follow is. a league. Exactly. Mm. Mm. like okay. I, right, so i, I guess shock, i so. guess my question is what what team you repping uh sf shock i have i have like a tier list um the sf shock the la valiant and then the houston outlaws you know the only kind of team i rep is the uwa shock i don't get it i don't get it somebody listening to this podcast will get it maybe i, and I don't I get it that joke for them <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> moving, on. <laughs> and moving on um the, the probably most important game news for me is that I played and I beat Pyre, Yay! the super giant game uh, about three v three basketball in Fantasyland. Um, nice. What'd you think? It is. Have either of you guys played this game? Nope. I played a bit at a GDC. I haven't actually. Uh, I picked up the soundtrack edition mm-hmm. during the Steam Winter Sale. I haven't actually played sat down and played the game yet, but it looks really yeah. fun. It is. 
it it like it like other super giant games is really intense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i found myself getting really sucked into it okay. um and i i felt it the game feels very heavy while you're playing it um mm-hmm. and like you sort of get to the end of the game and i i beat it and so i'm looking over the like epilogue i, I literally have the game still open right now because i have the epilogue open uh, oh. I turn that shit off. Did it so, scar you in emotional ways that will have you singing songs for at least a month, as Bastion and Transistor did for me? Yeah, um, I don't know about singing songs, but it definitely is gonna. It, it's a very weighty game. Um, mm-hmm. It's there's a lot of things that happen in it, um, and I was a jerk to myself and like got most of the way to the end and then tried to sort of spoil myself, so I was able to sort of plan my ending. Oh no. Um, I know it kind of sucks. Don't do that to yourself. Just really don't do that to yourself. But <laughs> it is a very intense game. It is like the amount of uncertainty in all the matches because one of the probably the primary the most important feature of Pyre is that if you lose a match, the game keeps going. What do you By mean? the way, for people who don't know, Pyre is essentially like fantasy RPG kind of soccer. Like I think it's still three v three, and you're like passing the ball. It's three. You're trying to get the ball in there in the opponent's pyre i mean yeah. given the amount of dunking you do it feels more like basketball but yeah it's that's idea. probably more more exact um and so it's it's sort of this game where the you've got your three characters and they can sort of they can carry the ball and then they have this sort of like aura field and if you enter the aura field of another player uh you get banished and you sort of get banished and exiled and come back after a bit mm-hmm. um and so you all the different characters have all the different stats and they have different abilities like Usually right-click is sort of like an attack option, and it lets you sort of project your aura in a straight line usually, but other characters have other options. And so it is, again, it is like you're thinking about strategy, you're thinking about how you're going to gonna work through each of the situations, um, it, and it just comes off, it, it is very intense, but it's a very fun game to play. Hmm. Well, I, I look forward to, I'm glad you enjoyed that one, I'm looking forward to playing it myself. I've yeah. heard good things, and I it, quite like that studio. Yeah, also mm-hmm. now I can I have freed myself to listen to the Pyre soundtrack at work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I had to get to the end of the game before I could do it. Excellent. That's fair. Excellent. Well, Zach, did anything else uh, magical happen with your week? So one last thing to mention, um, and this is for the bonus round, but I also <laughs> finished watching Blood Bucket Battlefront, which is an anime. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. me and Adam yeah. and maybe Drew will talk about that way at the end. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's right so for audience members uh we're gonna try something a bit different uh we're gonna try bonus rounds Woo! Uh, this will be little stuff at the end that maybe you know during our weeks we're like hey this sounds really cool and we could talk about this forever we have things to get to let's put it at the end like geniuses like mm-hmm. utter geniuses that's so bonus rounds will be kind of random we'll just chat about stuff at the end so you can stick around and listen to that if you'd like. And we know you want to. Mm-hmm. I know we're, you're looking forward to that bonus. Mm-hmm. If you like yeah. our angelic voices, then there's always more for you all the time. Always. always. You know what I'm looking forward to? <laughs> what are you looking forward to, Adam? The topic of this week. Oh, Adam, I'm so Incidentally, is, I think, looking forward to things. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, this week's topic is hopes and dreams of the next year. Basically, our predictions and what we want to see happen this year in the world of games. So, if you guys are ready, uh, it oh, might yeah. be time to enter into the realm of questions. 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 Deep questioning attitudes. 
Yes, mm. put on your thinking caps, questions. you gentlemen, you, and answer me this first question for our Hopes and Dreams episode. Burr, burr, burr. What games are you excited to see in the coming year? Indies, triple A's, something from a specific director or studio. Hit me with I your have, dreams. I have hmm. like a giant list, but I think I'll start with the one. I'll, I'll start with the triple A. Okay, well, I know how it's we the do second that? listed, but I think uh, like all the rest of the <laughs> on here are indies. All right, um, well, how, about, how about we do a bit of a round robin because I feel like we might I, have a little bit of overlap. Yeah, yeah, bit. we might. Yeah, so we'll do a round robin. And so I am cautiously excited for Anthem, which is the new Bioware game coming out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like thing. it could be like Destiny. It could also be sort of like an MMO shooter. I want to see how Bioware sort of takes that angle. But yeah. I'm very concerned about it because it looks like it's it's the more and more I learn about it, the more and more it seems like it's designed for loot boxes, and I'm really not hype on that. Uh, what is Anthem? It, it, it's it like doesn't a... explain itself super well, and I have seen multiple trailers. Oh, do, well, wait, <laughs> for, why are you? Ex- what I can tell. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, from what I can tell of the trailers, uh, it's kind of like you're on this. It looks like it's set in the far future, like, yeah, you know, it's in some, like, sci-fi realm, and you're on this planet, and you go down and are exploring it as, like, a team, and it looks like you're kind of going on different hunts, like, kind of, yeah, it does yeah. have a very Destiny vibe. I'm just really not sure what's, like, the whole gist, but it looks neat. It does look really cool, so I'm cautiously excited for that one. Is it just bi- because it's Bioware, or is there something about it that's got you um, a little bit excited? I think because it's Bioware, and because... I got soured on Destiny 2, and so I'll see if Bioware does a better job with it. Mm, okay. I haven't played Destiny 2. I just got mm. soured on it. Mm. I have, You know what? I just thought of something about Anthem. Do you think at some point that was going to be Mass Effect styled? Like going, because it's like sci-fi. It's yeah, Bioware. yeah. It might have it, been. Yeah. Like, do you get what I mean? Like, I remember, now thinking back to the trailers, like, some of those things do kind of look Mass Effect. And so and I'm I wondering. Think... <coughs> Sorry. Um, oh, excuse so, me. So, so continue, Adam. I was going to say, I'm just, I was just wondering if, like, at some point this was, like, look, it's Mass Effect with a bunch of planets and we can go to all these things. Um, that may be entirely pulling this out of my ass, but I it, like, think kind of look like some some of it. I feel like it all takes place on one planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I think the thing that you might find interesting is that jetpacks seem to be a really important feature of the game. I'm, like, looking at the, the website mm. for the game right now, and it's just, like, people on jetpacks. I do like jetpacks. Mm. What were you going to ask, Drew? I was going to say, like, I wasn't going to ask anything. I was just going to say I can absolutely see there being overlap. Like, they have worked on sci-fi shooters before. I'm wondering if this is just, Mm -hmm. hey, so Andromeda didn't do so well. But, hey, we have all these sweet mechanics. What if we recycled them (coughs) and tried to salvage some of the research we did? Like, I can see that happening. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Oh, no. Zach, please don't die. Shit. Zach, you okay? before you start coughing... Uh. Sorry, that that came out of nowhere. Oh, keep, keep it together, old man. Don't, yeah, don't die on me. I'm good. You gotta. You wait, need to live until Anthem shows up. You need to live Drew, long go enough. On. Go on without Drew. me. Okay. What Zach. are you excited for, Drew? As we ditch Zach <laughs> to his cough. Well, as I bury Zach's corpse in the dirt, <laughs> <laughs> I sing a song to myself, and it is the tune of "Please, Please, Capcom." I know life is tough. I know things are hard right now. But for the love of God, give me some Devil May Cry 5 love. Um, There are a lot of rumors about a new Devil May Cry game happening. Um, Some details dropped pretty recently. Uh, I think there was supposed to be a trailer. Uh, All of it rumors on the internet, mind you. But it feels like the time is ripe for a new Devil May Cry. Um, And 
as I've said before, I'm worried about the direction they might go in, but even so, a new entry into that franchise would make me very, very happy. Make me very, very happy, Adam. I think it will. I think we will definitely... I am almost 100% sure that we will see a trailer for DMC5 uh, at E3. Oh, good. Um, (laughs) There was a couple of rumors... Not rumors, but also, like, internal notes going around Mm -hmm. um, that... This game was supposed to be shown off at the PlayStation Experience in Mm -hmm. 2017 in December. Mm. But Sony has been really pushing to have a super, super strong E3 presence. Mm. And so it got, instead of being announced at PSX, it got pushed to being announced at E3. Um, There's all, yeah, as Drew said, there's a big leaked uh, thing kind of detailing some story and some mechanic stuff. I'm really excited to see what they do with it. I haven't. I looked at the mechanics stuff. I haven't looked at mm. any of the story because I, I still kind of want to be excited, like surprised. Right. But from the way the mechanics show off, it's like, damn, that that could be really good. Yeah. From what really I understand, good. they've like reworked the camera system, and they're very excited about that. Which has it's always kind of been like a weird place for action games with me. Like I've I grew up with like uh, games with janky ass cameras, so like I'm used to that. But if there's some way of portraying action on a screen that's like new and revolutionary, that rocks, mm-hmm. and I need more of that in my life. Yeah, so. that would be super cool. A lot of the rumors seem to point that they took a lot of cues from like Bayonetta. It's like that's yeah, that's, that's a what good you should idea. do. That's what right, you should yeah. do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm also very excited to hear about that one. Yeah, well, uh, well what else are you see. excited for, Adam? Yeah, Adam. Games I'm excited for. Um, so this is kind of cheating. This game comes out on the 26th of this month. God I'm damn it. I'm super excited for Monster Hunter World. <laughs> oh, oh shit. right. That thing has been hype. Monster- Listen, man, I know so many people that are so fucking hype on this game. Oh, God. Uh, guys, I-, I can't. It's so- uh, Monster Hunter World looks really good. Uh, I think I am mostly excited for... Uh, in no small part because this is the first console Monster Hunter game that's come out in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. A bunch of, uh, for the longest time, Capcom was putting all of the Monster Hunter games on the 3DS. Uh, because, you know, in Japan, like mobile and handheld games do really well. And because Monster Hunter kind of encourages you to play with groups, playing on a handheld, you know, just kind of makes sense. Where you could be like, hey, you have it. I have it. Let's play right now. Mm-hmm. Um but I always had trouble with that because my stupid bare hand paws. And it's like, this is stupid. It's, the 3DS is too small. My hands are too big. Mm. But now that I have the you know PS4 controller in my hand, it feels so much more natural to kind of play this game. Uh, and I'm really excited to kind of get in there and play it. Uh, and I love all of the new mechanics and stuff they've changed with it. Mm. You know, I'm like- a little bummed out, but also kind of happy that... So it was going to come out for PlayStation 4 on the 26th. Yeah, yeah. And, it got, and the PC version was going to be announced later mm-hmm. the pc version is <laughs> coming out in the fall of this year what why wow why i don't know <laughs> i don't know if they know why but it's like it might be a tech it's probably a technical issue hmm. i think it'd probably be a technical issue i'm kind of wondering if sony was like hey can you like stall that for a bit i could see an exclusive uh, deal i could see it, but could it actually well. saves me uh, uh, it actually saves me a bunch of like headache because i had two groups of friends that wanted to play this game one wanted to play on the PC and one wanted to play on the PS4. And, of course, I could convince neither of them to just go to the other one. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll double dip. Mm. But now it'll be like, well, I could just buy the one in January. And then all those people, if they still want to play in fall, I can just pick it up again. <laughs> this is great. Oh, I see. I see. You know, like, honestly, the more I've seen of Monster Hunter, uh, I don't know. The, I forget the, the name of the new one. But, like, I've seen enough trailers to be like, this actually looks really freaking dope. Like... 
Yeah, the style yeah, reminds me. That's a Monster Hunter World. Yeah, okay. Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World style yeah. reminds me a little bit of Fantasy Star Online, and I quite oh. dig that. I quite dig that. That is. I can see that. Yeah. That's something yeah. worth digging. Yeah. But the main important thing of Monster Hunter World is, yo, do you see you can customize your cat? What? You customize that cat. What do you, what do you mean Dang. customize a cat? What is a customizable cat? That is a strange foreign concept. Oh, uh, you me. have a a palico who is it's. It's a calico cat who is your pal. Oh my, oh my god. god. Really? Oh my god. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Right. That's adorable. Uh, and he goes on hunts with you and uses it and it will help you. He'll heal you and attack the monster and he's he or she's the best. Thanks, little palico buddy. Oh but that's that's one of the first game. Zach, were mm. you excited about? Um so I guess the next game I'm excited about hmm. Like I have a choice between three options here, and I think I'm gonna go with the one that fits best with the the Calico Cat. It is a game that's going to come out called Minico's Night Market. Or Minico's. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, it is... It seems like a total indie game. Um, I don't... It's a Steam game, so I'm pretty sure it's not... A, it might be a Japanese game. But it is... Basically, um, you are playing what seems to be a young girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sort of are like a crafter slash merchant slash... Um, trading person and you sort of uh, like doing a bunch uh, like I'll, I'll read the description minico's nightmark is a game about crafting crafts eating eats and catting cats and cat the catting cat does... part is very strong cats follow you around everywhere there are That's cats adorable. everywhere in this game cats for days cats for days yeah it is it looks like an adorable fun game um and i would What's be very excited up? to play it I don't know when it's coming out. It just says oh. coming to Steam. That's all it tells me. Come, yeah, coming 2018 to PC, Mac, and huh? <laughs> and I don't know whatever else we port it to. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um, it oh, is, and nice. I, and it. Uh, the other last thing is that it is being published by Humble Bundle. Ooh, oh. well, that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. So by extension, it's being published by IGN. Mm. Oh. Collusion. Oh God. No. I, it looks pretty good. That sounds pretty fun. I might check that out. Yep. Drew. So this is, um, this isn't concrete, but as you guys know, I am a big fan of the Dishonored series. Oh boy. And, mm-hmm. No, no, no. Hear me out. So I want to see our, what Arcane Studios, they capped off Dishonored. They're not making another one for at least a long time, if ever. Uh, they did Prey last year and that apparently was pretty hot. I haven't gotten a chance to pop into it yet, but... I want to see what they're going to do next, right? Like, I love their games. I love the kind of stuff and the ideas and the where their head's at. So I'm really hoping that they, like, come up with a new IP. Like, just something that I haven't seen before or something, you know, very them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm hoping, I'm just hoping for more Arcane. Because, like, they're so unique and I want yeah. to see them do more. And I don't know if they, like, Dishonored 2 did not sell very well. And <clears throat> I don't think Prey did either. So I'm kind of wondering if hmm. or what's going to happen to it. I, I remember, know? well, this is, the, I remember Prey got hit with that. You remember there was that save erasing bug yeah, at the yeah. very beginning where it came out. And yeah. I think that might have hurt, must have hurt its sales a bit. Mm. I yeah. remember reading about that. So basically this is, it's not me being excited, but my hope is that Arcane will pull it around and they will make something hot and new and fresh and sexy. And I'll get to play it and put it in my hands. <laughs> or you could just you put it in your hands, then play it? Or will you play it, then put it in your hands? Um, well, I mean, if it's VR, then who knows? Whoa. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, man. This is from last year, but VR mm-hmm. chat, my dudes. 
Um, God damn it. You, you can do that. Uh, that can be you. That's not my thing. Let's see. What, what other games am I excited about? Um, so, I, this is cheating a second time. Mm-hmm. Because this game, uh, coincidentally, also comes out on January 26th. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, who's ready for Dragon Ball Fighters? I Adam actually is. haven't seen anything from this game. I'm gonna go look. What do you up. mean you haven't? Oh, what's what? wrong with you? Go look at it. Looks great. Go on the internet right now, young man. There's a very uh, so Dragon Ball Fighters um, is a Dragon Ball fighting game. It's a three v three kind of Mar- Marvel's Capcom style game. It's made by the guys that do Guilty Gear, so and they're using the engine they used for oh uh, boy. Guilty Gear Ixard. Mm-hmm. It looks gorgeous. It, it looks like you're watching the show. I'm going to um, mute this trailer and then... That, that'd be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd probably be good. So watching um, the trailer. But there's a bunch of characters from all over like the different periods of the show. Um, it looks really great. I, I'm hoping to pick it up and play it. Um, it's supposed to have a lot of like single-player stuff and a really good multiplayer component. Uh, there's an open beta coming soon, which I might try to sneak in and play a few rounds. But my main concern is that, as I said before, that game shows up on the same day as Monster Hunter World. Oh, boy. I don't know who planned this. Well, I mean, oh, shit. There actually is totally an overlapping audience. That's a huge problem. Because, like, look, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is, uh, or Dragon Ball Fighters, is very much in the line of Marvel's Capcom. And I would assume that, you know, those people who are fans of Marvel's Capcom are also fans of Capcom. Thereby, they might be fans of Monster Hunter. I have a feeling that... Your, your core audience is going to be split. But uh, oh nevertheless, I am very excited for both of those games. I thought it was very weird that they both came out on the same day. Wow, mm. these these games, this game looks very good. Right? Right? It looks great. It is very now, I'm gonna pass this. I'm going to pass this over to Zach so he can tell us about more games he's excited about. Oh, I'm boy. hoping he'll tell me he's excited mm-hmm. about Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Um, well, I am, now, I am now a bit excited for this game. Um, but... I am also excited. Um, I have a hard choice to make, and I think I'm going to go with Dreams. What is Dreams? This was a game that showed up at E3 like a year or two ago. not Like two years ago. Yeah. It is a game where you traverse through dreams. Oh, that sounds true. And that is about all I can say to explain it. <laughs> that, like, it does not make sense beyond that point. Hmm. So, um... I don't know if you know this, Zach. It's by uh, Media Molecule. Those are the guys that make the Little Big Planet series. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, I, I do remember that part. And it, it's kind of following that same trend of we're gonna make a few levels, but we're gonna give you a bunch of tools to make your own stuff. Uh, yeah, it seems very user content driven. Yeah, it's basically like you get to create a dream, and people can enter your dream. And oh, it's kind of like uh, what was it like Project Spark or whatever, where it's like all like player generated or what have you or something like that yeah a similar idea yeah. but this one's um i gotta be honest it, it looks cool um i'm very confused of what the hell you actually do yeah that's this beyond like that hey, look, is, i made this cool dream it's like that I, is sorry i i'm sorry for like cutting in a bunch mm-hmm. but like that's kind of where my concern is as well but it just it looks so interesting like i have the feeling this this game might show up like you were talking last time about these sort of like Zen games. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the Zen game of 2018. Mm. You know, you could probably just remake, you know, Abzu or everything in Dreams. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it it looks really cool. It's just like I don't know no, what this no. is. Yeah, it <clears throat> definitely it looks super cool, and I'm I'm excited about it. 
Abstract vague mm-hmm. trailers, awesome. Always love them. Yeah. Say again? Oh, um, I was just having a having a little goof on trailers for abstract concepts and games. You know what? What with the <laughs> with, the, with the, the the finger wiggling and the and the the elbow jerking. Stop your finger wiggling and tell me another game you're excited about. Okay. Yeah, true. Well, okay. Well, to be thematic on my bad joke about trailers, um, Nintendo decided last year to give us a whole trailer <laughs> with a giant four in it. Um, uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. It's like. They made a trailer so intense. It's just a giant four. <laughs> I want. To, I don't expect Metroid Four to come out or Metroid Prime Four to come out, but by God, I demand a trailer. I demand answers. I need. I need questions answered, and it, it, I'll buy a Switch. Just give me something. It's. It's already in the works. I just want to see it. I want to hold it. I want. I want to. I want to know it's there. That, that's what like, I do want. You wanna, <laughs> do you want to caress it softly into the night? Of course. Yes. Of course I want to. need to get a Switch for that. <laughs> and then he can turn a Switch on. Yay! Oh, God! Oh, God! All um, Nintendo people. We're all Nintendo people now. Hooray. <laughs> um, let's see. Is there any, uh, So the other game I'm uh, excited for, mm-hmm. um, this one is not coming out on January 26th. Oh, okay. Um, Very good. I actually don't know... I actually don't know when this one. It's kind of, supposedly it's marked for this year, but Bloodstained Ritual of the Night uh, should be coming oh, out right. oh, this shit. year. Yeah, oh, shit. So that's gonna be game, good shit. This was the game that uh, Koji Igarashi uh, got kickstarted on Kickstarter, um, and it like it was like, "Hey guys, we only need like five five hundred thousand, and then it got five million. That's quite a bit more than they were asking for." Uh, um, yeah. But it. Uh, you know, I played a bit of the demo, um, or you know, the uh, Xbox demo that they released a while back. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I've wa- enjoyed watching it kind of through its development. Um, I've kind of stopped checking up on updates beyond like things I need to do as a backer because I really want to like you know I don't want to see all of it just yet. I don't want there to be some like, that big surprise and mystery. But I'm really excited to play it when it finally does come out. Um, I'm really hoping it comes out this year. Uh, I would hate for it to get pushed back to like 2019. Yeah. Like certain other games might. Mm. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm very, <laughs> you know, it's been a while since I've played like a Metroidvania that is like an actual Metroidvania, not like, hey, we're kind of like, it's like, no, I want it made by Iga. Mm. He, make the good, he makes the good ones. I like those ones. He makes mm. the tasty ones. <laughs> he mm, makes so the tasty. real fine tasty ones. But yeah, uh, it looks very cool. I'm very excited to play that one. Um, I just have no idea when that's coming out this year, uh, or if that's coming out this year. Well, I I would um, be excited. Quick question: for it too. How many more? How many more rounds of round ramen do we want to do? Or do I was hoping do like we could do one final games? lightning round because we got many other questions to hit. So right. just okay. spam them out. Okay, so I'll, them do, out. I'll do my last one, and then we'll do a lightning round. Or did I go first? You did go first. You are starting the lightning round. Okay, cool. Just list off a few. So I have. Uh, a good number that I'm excited about, probably the one on the top of the list, is Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, and I'll just read its own description, is a bleak American folktale about traveling, sharing stories, and surviving manifest destiny. It is very cool. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Um, it is this sort of, like, very painterly Americana game. It is mm-hmm. and super cool, and it is very much about, like, manifest destiny and, and sort of, like, the frontier. Um, in addition to that, uh, some more I have... It, or you know what you guys go and then all right death stranding and kingdom hearts give me something that's all i got oh, yeah okay. back to for go. both of the for the same for me oh death stranding, okay i guess gameplay i guess it's back to me very very quickly um i would say probably 
Sea of Thieves. Nice. Sea of Thieves. Cool game. Um, I think. Let's I see. Hope. What what am I excited for? Uh, so Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition's coming out. Yeah. On the sixteenth of this month. That looks rad. Um, they announced Bayo Three is coming out for the Switch as well as Bayo One and Two. Super excited. I uh, can't yeah. wait to play those. Um, Shadow of the Colossus HD should be coming out at oh, some yeah. point. That sounds um, good. I don't think that game. <clears throat> I don't think that game really needs any introduction. Yeah. Um. The new God of War should be coming out this year. Oh um, god, I really, remember. really looking looking forward to God of War. I'm sorry. Um, and on the what? God what? of War and Son. That's right, God of War and Son, a family foundation. <laughs> um, Red Dead Redemption Two should be coming out this year, and I oh. swear, Rockstar, mm, there's going to be a reckoning. They promised yeah. that to you last uh, year. And right? finally. And finally, uh, there is a indie game called Indivisible, which is by the guys that made Skullgirls. Oh, um, oh it's a RPG I heard a about this. Uh, that looks really good, really good art style. I'm very excited to play it. I'm gonna go look uh, this up. Just have again, no idea when that comes out. I think it should be this year, but it could be 2019. Mm. Fuck 2019. Mm. Oh right, yeah, Indivisible looks very cool. Um, so I guess a couple more to, to lightning round through is uh, The Last of Us Two is should be coming out this year. Oh, that'll yeah, be that looks fun. Yeah, that'll be pretty interesting. And then Soul Calibur Six. I'll finally jump back on the Soul Calibur train after leaving at two. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's time for question two. What trends do you expect to see this year, my dudes? What do you think is going to happen, non-game related but game related? I guess. I see. Mm. So we have we have three little bullet points here. I guess we can start we can start with those three, and then we'll maybe kind of go off from there. I have mm-hmm. a pithy uh, joke for all of these. <laughs> uh, so the first one we had of trends to expect of: Do we think VR will make a comeback? I um, unlike the dead, uh, VR I, will not return. I I don't. I don't know. I, I I'm more. <laughs> wow, that's a mean joke on the. It was a mean dead. joke. I said. By the way, I said unlike I said unlike the dead. <clears throat> yes, I did it right. I made the joke properly. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> joke execution, great. Um, I actually think VR could make a comeback. I um, I want the core of a VR comeback to be VR chat. I'm sorry, that game is kind of amazing. But is that well? I mean, why why are you so like on board with VR chat? I, um, because I, people <laughs> come up with the randomest shit. I, I think VR chat is kind of silly and dumb, to be honest with you. Everything it, I've seen has just been, like, anime girls and weird internet memes. Like, it reminds me of, like, early 90s chat rooms. It's a it's another Second Life. And Second Life was a, a trend I missed out on. And now I just want to see the nutso from VR chat. Now, are you going to get a VR headset and actually join VR chat? Or is it like, no, oh, I just want to this. Oh, gods, no. I would never. Um, But see, that's kind of what I mean of, like... I think VR was, with the year it came out, I really think it was just kind of missing its thing to kind of, like, really get everybody in the door and used to VR. Mm. Uh, But, like, things like VR chat, I think, will help it. These kind of, like, new experiences that you won't get outside. Mm -hmm. You can't get except, like, using VR, and I think VR chat's, like, a good idea, like, example of that. I I could see Um, it picking up steam this year, and then in 2019 maybe becoming a much bigger thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like it might be a presence, but I don't know if it's gonna be, like, a dominating factor, you know? Yeah. I I think... Yeah, I I actually 100% agree with you, Drew. I I think this year it will... There will be some games that come out that really show what you can do, um, 
none that I can think of of the top of my head that I like. I know that people are like, oh my god, I have to have this immediately. Except for Zone of the Enders 2 VR. Oh boy. That one's going to sell 4 billion VR units, even oh. to people who mm. don't know what Zone of the Enders is. Yeah. Y'all going to buy it, right? This is how I'm getting Zone of the Enders 3. Well, actually, I have a question Y'all are going to buy it. At, like, who's what? making Zone of the Enders VR? Is it just like... Like, it's not that Konami, be, is it? That should be... That should be Konami. They like they make that one. I, I mean, uh, Zone of Enders is Konami's thing, right? But I thought uh, Konami was like leaving leaving games behind or something like that. Listen, I have no idea what the fuck Konami's doing. Uh, here, you know what I'd be excited to see this year? What? Konami unfucks itself. That'd be great. Ooh, that, that ain't gonna happen. Be, that would be. It's lovely. a good hope. It's a good hope. I'll it give you that. Isn't, but but it'd be <laughs> nice if it happened. Um, but yes, I, I think VR will have a comeback. Um. I actually, uh, for people who don't know, um, this kind of gives away when we're recording this. Uh, CES is happening right now, mm. and they actually just announced a new Vive. A, the Vive Pro just got announced. Oh, and right. I, one yeah. of the big things that came out with the Vive Pro uh, is, you know, it, it has a better screen resolution, so it doesn't have the screen door effect. Um, it has the built-in head headphones. It has better head support, you know, to keep it on, yada, yada, yada. But the big thing to me was uh vive wireless adapter which is this thing you plug in your computer and it will wirelessly transmit the data to the headset so you don't need like all the cords and cables running to get this thing going uh-huh. all right well if it's doing... I-, I think that's i think that's one of the things holding vr back is how much setup and like literal physical room space that thing will take up oh yeah right um i Honestly, I think I was actually talking to my boss about this. And so my boss deals with some VR stuff and he's, he's worked with it. Um, and his opinion on it seems to be that one of the biggest issues is the motion sickness. And the motion sickness is largely caused because you have to turn your head instead of being able to just switch where your eyes are looking in terms mm-hmm. of like being able to see something. And so it's not going to be until we get like a cheap VR like headset that has like a rounded out screen to cover your peripheral. Um, yeah. vision that that you're really going to see people adopt it well I, I would i would actually be really interested to see so there's already technology out uh, that will track eye movement hmm. basically there's a camera that will look and has been trained to look to notice the pupils of your eyes hmm. and can track where you're looking and i'm almost wondering if some kind of way of having that in the vr headset now this would make it like incredibly heavy or big i, I don't really know how it would change yeah. the hardware but like you know, you can keep your head still and just kind of have your eyes glance down and the world will, and the camera will move that little distance instead of having to, you know, I want to look at my feet. I have to really drastically move my head all the way down and all the way up, which can kind of yeah, so I, I think out. I think, honestly, I think what it's it's going to be, what will I think what will end up being cheaper, unless you can get really good eye scanning technology. But even then, like, if I turn my eyes up and to the left without turning my head at all, that means I'm looking at black. Like, that needs to not, like, that is a clear sign to the person using it that, like, I have to turn my head in order to see up there. And I think that's the cause of a lot of the motion sickness that happens. So it needs to just be, like, you just have to have the full peripheral covered by, like, a curved screen or something. Mm. Um, Like, that full immersion sort of deal. And so I don't think, I don't think it's going to take off until something like that comes out and it's relatively cheap and it is relatively um, extensive that, like, because that'll solve some of the major issues with it. I could see it taking off as it is, but it would have to be under really specific conditions. Like some a game, like a well and truly killer app that cannot be replicated on any other console must come out for mm. the VR. In you order know, for I it actually am wondering now, uh, a lot of games, 
a lot of VR games require like full, like some like full body motion kind of like movement. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that's how they avoid having you getting you motion sick because you're already moving your whole body. So your head's already moving and you're looking around. Yeah. As opposed to when you're sitting, then you can like kind of dart your eyes around and that's where the issue happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see that. To kind of get back to the question. Uh, and I think, I think it will have a bunch of developments, but I think this will be another kind of growing phase for VR. I think at least by the end, there will be something that will be like, yeah, that looks fantastic in VR. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that might happen. Well, might Drew, even... any, any, any final thoughts on VR? <clears throat> uh, you know, honestly, I'm not... I'm personally not that hyped on it right now, just because, like, I feel like it will become amazing someday. Um, right now, it still feels like it's kind of figuring itself out. I don't think it's going to be, like, the big thing of 2018. Um, I don't really know what will be like as far as next year is concerned, or I guess this year, like it's kind of hard for me to really gauge what's going to happen with games. Like 2017 was such a big year and there were so many like interesting Mm -hmm. things happening. I don't know what the follow-ups going to be. Like, I don't know what the response to like, Hey, single player games did really well. And there were a ton of them. Um, and then loot boxes happened. Like, I don't really know how we react now, you know? Like, uh, point number two on this question was, mm-hmm. did we think loot boxes will die? And that's, it's kind of, uh, well, you know, I mean, I good that we do. brought that Drew brought up deep that, uh, gone. I can't talk. Fuck. Yeah. It's, it's okay. good that Drew brought up loot boxes. Cause the question was like, do we think they're going to go away or not? And so I, I just on terms of loot boxes, loot boxes won't die. And unless they get legislated out of existence, like unless mm-hmm. there is a law on the books that says you cannot do this, they'll, they'll stick around. Trust me. At the very least, EA uh, will stick them in as many games as my, they can get away with. My thoughts on loot boxes for 2018 was, um, I think it's, I think it actually is likely that they will die out, but I have a feeling they'll that something else will just show up that'll be like basically loot boxes, but in a different skin. That's um, my thought. There, there was a lot of backlash uh, about loot boxes from like you know, especially the Shadow of Mordor and uh, I guess mostly the Star Wars Battlefront Two thing. There was a lot of backlash from it and. Um, I would, I can almost say with confidence that at least for this year, we'll probably see very few games actually trying to do loot boxes Mm -hmm. because just of like how in the general mindset people are like loot boxes as as like a concept are kind of in people's heads. Like, you know, we're not really a big fan of these. So I would be surprised if I saw a lot of games come out with loot boxes in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, That said, people are, you know, adaptive and pretty smart. I, there'll be some new thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, there's already the idea of I'm going to, I'm not buying a loot box. I'm buying a coin. And what do I do with this in-game coin? Well, I could put it in this random loot box things like technically not loot box. We told you exactly what you'd get. You'd get this coin. Oh, oh is that the, uh, is that, is that like shit? the, um, the trophies in smash brothers, uh, melee or whatever, like kind of to, to kind of give an example of that drew, it would be like, if you could spend real world money to buy the coins and technically the transaction said you'd get coins that you can use in game. Mm-hmm. And then the game says these coins are used for random draws. Uh. And it's like, technically what you bought was exactly that. But that's kind of what I mean of like, it'll be loot boxes, but not quite. 
I see. Right. I, that's I, I think I think what's gonna happen is we're gonna see kind of like the dregs of like people trying to cash in on loot boxes like at the last second. Like I think I think the early bit of the year we're gonna see a lot of it and I think there's probably gonna be enough legislation and enough bad blood with the just the term that people are gonna kinda like transition to another wonderful business practice of some kind. Um mm. maybe Maybe they'll try to think they won't call it loot boxes, they'll call it like Snoot boxes. <laughs> Wait, what? Snoot boxes, snoot boxes. I I, I swapped hey man, the letters. Did you buy that new snoot box? Yeah, I got a new. I got a really great draw from that. Snoot Although box. you know, I unless unless the fervor about loot boxes hits a fever pitch, mm. Overwatch will not get rid of their loot boxes. Oh, I doubt. I doubt. I doubt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of all right. I'm kind of hoping people have a bit of the mindset to kind of be like to kind of see when they're being like kind of almost swindled out versus all right, but why um but i i would be surprised if loot boxes stick around for i don't know i, I think they'll probably die out but they'll eventually come back it'll be a slow yeah, man in greater death. numbers oh no <laughs> hmm. i uh, but yeah I... <laughs> so quick question i think I, do we still want to talk about loot boxes uh no i mean i've made my my point i've okay. kind of made my point so uh, what other trends do you expect I'm I'm looking at a forward. I'm looking forward to a wonderful future in pachinko machines. Ooh. Oh god, Drew! I can't tell if you put that down as a joke it, or if I've just been so like upset about pachinko machines that I've ignored them entirely. I, I put it down as a joke. There, um, I, uh, I I was just wondering like what other trends you might think will happen this year. Like what do you what do you well, expect? I have what, what is it? What do you think, um, Adam? So here's the trend. I'm expecting a couple of things. One, I am expecting that sometime during this year, uh, we will hear about the new, we will get teases about and or possibly an announcement of the next generation console setup. Mm. Oh, so do yeah. you think this is going to be yeah, like, yeah. A, like kind of like a gracier or whatever? I have a feeling, and this is just a gut feeling. Um, somebody do a fact check for me while I ta- say this, but I think the PlayStation 4 is a couple years old actually let um, me bring it up now and it seems like and it seems like console generations are going kind of faster and faster as we have more iterations like the playstation 4 pro just came like came out uh, sometime last year and that was like a half step mm-hmm. uh and the xbox one x or the scorpio came out uh early or late last year as well and that was like by its hardware standards that was almost a full step up um mm. i think one, I think in 2018, the kind of the concept of the console is going to kind of get very fuzzy with all these new revisions, iterations they are going to, I have a feeling will keep coming out. Uh, yeah. Um, I, that actually concerns I, me a lot because it, it means like game de- game development happens on like a three year cycle, mm. a two, three year cycle. So like if consoles are coming out every year, then like how the fuck are they supposed to make a game? You have to make it for an old console. I was going to say, I think they might do it kind of like uh, like the way phones happen, where, like, they will have the same sort of operating system. It'll just be you'll have, like, a, quote, more powerful version. I think that was kind mm-hmm. of what the 4Ks were testing of, like, you know, will people be willing to, like, have, like, a premium version of something versus a non-premium version of something? And, like, games will just be set differently, um, yeah. which I don't want because I think that would be crappy. I- um, I'm actually kind of ambivalent on that one uh and and i i'll use this example it's kind of like you know people already say that consoles are basically becoming glorified pcs and they kind and they basically are like people Mm -hmm. who argue that oh no the console isn't is like you're kind of fooling yourself a console is a very specialized like 
desktop kind of thing. Yeah. You can't really modify it, but what it does is offer any piece of software that comes out on this thing will work. I would argue it's equivalent um, to like a tablet. I think that's going a bit far, but I can see, I can kind of see what you're saying. Yeah, like uh, it has, it like by default, it has a bunch of functions that wouldn't be like playing video games related. Mm. Um, whereas you know, it, it basically like has a bunch of apps on it, which a tablet yeah. does. Yeah, and and that way I can agree. Um, but what I was saying is that like in terms of development, I think people will just keep treating them more like you know like. Uh, certain tiered level PCs and it's like we're basically making a PC version mm-hmm. and that will be it'll be specced differently for each of the consoles mm-hmm. um, but I was going to say to kind of what Drew was saying about a premium version uh, as much as I I'm okay with them on the one condition that they never make it like a requirement kind of thing oh it will mm. uh, and, I, and I say this and I guess I have to explain this a little bit um, when the PlayStation 4 Pro came out, there was a concern that you would now have to start getting PlayStation 4 Pro yeah, games. That's kind of true. Thing like that. Mm. Uh, mm. And that that didn't ha- that wasn't the case. What ended up happening is that one of the conditions is that if it plays on the PS4 Pro, it must all it has to play on the PlayStation 4. Mm. You just get extra bells and whistles and a bit more oomph to kind of get it to run. Mm. Um, right. If they want to keep doing these very iterative things like that and then still call it the same line, at least for me, I would expect that trend to continue. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling at the end of this, we might start hearing about the PlayStation 5, at which point it's like, no, yeah, that's going to be a new console. Yeah, we're going to have to flip. Um, and that will become a very murky situation because it'll be like, okay, well, how much is the PlayStation 5 better than the PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. Pro or Pro Plus or whatever? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't it still play? It probably still can, but mm. it's a new na- it's a new line, so and the tradition for consoles is kind of weird. So, mm. well, I mean, uh, you bring up a good point because um, just to get back to your original question, uh, the PlayStation Four came out in 2013, so it, it's been about five years, which I guess kind of takes it towards like it's not new anymore right it's kind of like getting on in the in its days and i think you're like what you're saying is true they probably have to move on to a new line at this point i feel like i feel like this year is going to be very much like a mid console year where like i don't know i don't feel like there's anything particularly big coming out right now you know like i feel like we had a lot of big hitters already although i do mm -hmm. i do say sorry um i have the feeling we're going to see some heavy hitting multiplayer games Mm, um, I, Monster Hunter I World's coming out. I think Dun- Dragon Ball Fighters could be pretty fun. Mm. Um, I think, but are those like Anthem's oh, coming ahead. out, which is another major multiplayer game? We just had uh-huh. uh, Battlefront Two came out, although that wasn't that great. And Destiny Two came out later uh, later last year. Like I had the feeling this year is going to see a, a heavier presence in multi- in multiplayer, um, and we're gonna and we are genuinely going to start seeing the uh, we're, we're going to start seeing the like ceos and execs of like major companies saying like oh we have to put multiplayer in all our games now you know it's weird that that comes back as a trend every now and then it's like we go through a phase of a lot of really good single player then everybody's like oh but i wish i could play with more people and then you get a bunch of multiplayer then it's like okay but like what you're offering me is just like just a multiplayer thing what about the single player experience Mm -hmm. then that comes back then multiplayer so sorry uh, i'll keep this really quick so to kind of go off my trend of I think we'll hear talk about the new console generation. I have a feeling, and this is a very gut feeling, mm-hmm. I have a feeling we'll see more uh, game consoles similar to, like, the Switch. 
I agree. And what I mean is, if you go to CES right now, you can check out Razer's Project Linda. Mm -hmm. It is essentially their Razer phone, which is already a phone geared toward like high-end gaming that you basically slot into a desktop and suddenly now you can, or a laptop, and now you're just playing it on your laptop. And you can pick it up and go again. Oh, Um, okay. So not only do I expect new console, do I think new console show up, I think that kind of tablet dock interaction might catch on with the the Switch's success. Okay, so basically Sony and Microsoft are going to copy the Switch. I have a feeling that's a possibility. Okay. No, I, I was going to say, I totally agree with you. I think given what we've just said about VR, that's probably like a nice way to get people to start using more peripheral stuff. Maybe, maybe there'll be some kind of weird Switch Oculus hybrid. I don't know about that. We could call, it could be like a Game Boy, but for virtual reality. Oh, a boy. virtual boy. Oh no. Oh God, we've gone full circle. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, any other trends from anyone? Anyone? Uh, I think we're good. Okay. Well, then, uh, our next question is, are there any mechanics or genres you want to see explored this year? So this isn't what you think will happen. This is kind of what you want to see happen. Uh, and more to do with games. And, I don't know. I was thinking about this for me. Um, I feel like last year there were a whole lot of really good single-player games, and I really hope that continues. I really like single-player story-driven video games, and... Like you guys were saying, there was kind of a period where they were kind of, like, questionable prospects. I remember reading tons of articles about, like, you know, would it even be profitable to do such a thing? And I feel like because Mm -hmm. last year we had, you know, Horizon and Nier and, like, Breath of the Wild. Like, I feel like that's going to, like, dictate, hey, maybe, maybe focus on these guys for a little bit longer. They're a safer bet. Um so I'm hoping yeah. to see more of that. If I do see multiplayer, I'm really hoping we start seeing like local couch co-op come back because like I like split screen and I kind of want to see that come. I don't know. Like I, I feel like yeah, I, I like co- split screen too, and I don't know why more games don't have it if they're going to do multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would uh, to kind of go off the multiplayer thing. I would expect um, possibly a, a, you know as as the tablets and phones become more powerful, I would actually expect to see more local co-op stuff happen with really? like handheld devices oh okay that's kind of just that. a thought yeah. i have um i so, love you know couch co-op thing but the kind of the gist is that it seems like everybody's on their own personal device um mm-hmm. so i could see that becoming a thing where it's like these games all have more local area um multiplayer and that's how you get kind of multiplayer with like oh i have my device and i can play and i can see everything in my normal standard view but i'm playing with that guy way over there mm. kind of deal mm-hmm Like, I've seen a few party games like that, and they're always pretty fun. It's just kind of been, like, hard to see them, like, adopted into, like, large, large groups. So Mm -hmm. that would be cool. I'd love to see more of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, you know what I'd like to see more Uh, of? Um, hmm. We had Pokemon Go, I think, last year, maybe 2016. I'd like to see more Mm -hmm. more ARGs or more stuff like that. I want that. Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. I... I, Um, you're you're talking. Are you are you talking ARGs? Or are you talking AR games? Is there a difference? Isn't there, there I mean, isn't a- isn't the G in ARG just game? It is game. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm trying to think because there's like stuff like the ARGs of like you know the I love bees and stuff. Then there's just like oh, AR I games. see what you mean. What like, is an AR game? Uh, I don't know. Like you know, like AR games where it's like you're kind of looking through your phone or a camera, and it's kind of, and there's something being projected on the real world. Oh, like like uh. Like the Pokemon, 
kind of yeah yeah that's like an ar game Mm. uh but it sounds like drew you're talking more like the the halo 2 we love bees oh no i'm totally talking about pokemon i'm totally talking about pokemon and ingress and like all those crazy like never mind other directions bust out your phone and suddenly you're in another reality kind of thing like that's that would be cool (laughs) oh man I, I mean, this is this is like like hoping for Google Glass to resurge itself. Um, I, you know what? Totally non-related to games. I was really hoping Google Glass would actually take off more than it did. You just yeah. wanted to have like yeah, a, like a Saiyan visor or whatever. From... I remember <laughs> the day I realized that that thing was dead in the water when I read an article whose headline was uh, "Google Glass developers say no, nah, Google Glass is creepy." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, goddamn! <laughs> that thing's dead. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think AR games could be really cool. Mm. Oh, man, I wish Pokemon Go had done better. Mm. Like it's still going, but boy, is it getting stale. Yeah. No, I mean, like considering like how long it's been in the like around, I feel like it had its moment in the sun for a pretty long time. But you know. But like, it, it, dude, it was Pokemon in the real world. Like how cool, like how like much do people want that? It's like, yeah. oh, this is going to be so great. And then because of like weird, shitty design, like game designs, like... Again, kinda... the game doesn't have battling and it doesn't have trading. I mean, they're trying to figure out like how to... They're trying to figure out all the other crazy like GPS stuff and making sure people don't run into trains to get a Pikachu. I mean, no, no, no. Like, I, 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 I get why they, I, I get why they haven't done it yet. It's just they don't have two very important features of Pokemon. They also don't have Pokemon breeding, but mm. only a very certain subset of very yeah. hardcore Pokemon players are into that. Uh, to, to not to not get too lost in talking about Pokemon Go, uh, I think maybe that game could make a comeback. And I, but maybe. I do think more AR games will pop up as ar becomes more in the mindset like didn't facebook has their whole ar kit thing that's getting released later this year or oh is boy. already out i did fun. not know that um, if that is true so, then they will there will be tons of indie games doing that i guarantee you <laughs> I, i'm so i'm gonna have a hope this year like every year mm-hmm. i hope there is a significant enough leap in ai that we can have like genuine reactionary npcs and sort of like maybe world states that that genuinely adapt to the player Ooh. Um, mm. Like genuinely adaptive AI, or maybe like a learning AI. They've done this. They've snuck this into games, but they haven't done a lot with it. And so I'd love to see them work more on that. Mm. I was going to say, uh, when you said like more reactionary or adaptive stuff, um, maybe not so much the AI. I've noticed one trend that happened in 2016, and I hope does still continue, is like more of these, like, I know they're scripted, but these like kind of like little one off unscripted event kind of things that happen yeah that you know like the player did a thing and the game says i recognize that you did this thing i'm gonna have this event now it may not be game state changing it may not be the biggest thing in the world but it does happen yeah those are i'll give you an example and drew um this this goes back to something uh matt you and i were talking about Mm -hmm. um do you remember we were talking about resident evil 7 and I said, man, does anybody remember the scene where the guy gets his leg chopped off? He's, you're being chased by Jack, you get your, and you get your leg like, cho- like chopped off, and then he hands you a bottle and you reattach it. Right. Uh, both you and Matt gave me this weird look of, what are you talking about? And I thought, I must be going crazy. Then I looked it up, and it's, no, that event does happen, 
but under very very particular circumstances oh huh, you have he has to be chasing you you have to be going through the cellar door and if he catches you he'll drag you back and it plays that whole animation oh. um, and this kind of ties to what zach was saying because it's a reaction to an event that's happening with the player in the world it's not you know the most groundbreaking thing in the world but it's a super nice touch that players may not actually ever see unless they happen to be in that state hmm yeah no that is that is a kind of a cool thing um i don't know um Just... it's not exactly but it's like this you can see like the startings of of like what you're talking about like these mm-hmm. ai reactions and stuff like that yeah yeah stuff like that i got you well that um, would be pretty cool so you you would like to see games that kind of like guess at what the player would do more often like unless maybe not that necessarily but sort of like would observe what the player does and change what they do in accordance to what the player is doing Mm. okay i can see that um for mechanics i'd like to see explored this year uh i kind of agree with zach uh about i'd love to see more games kind of like have characters or ai change the behavior based on kind of what you do Mm. um i'd really like to see more of the kind of what of the example i gave like in resident evil 7 of these kind of this happened a lot in a couple games in 2017 of these almost like events or set pieces that you will probably never ever see unless you and it kind of gives each person unique playthrough Hmm. um i'm really looking forward to games exploring more stuff like that that Um, would be cool yeah as drew said uh single player games made a really big comeback in 2017 and i think it was a no small part thanks to these like very you know kind of very personal unique events that would happen that like maybe nobody else would see like breath of the wild's a good one like nobody will have the the same because it's so open and exploration is such a big thing no two people will have the same playthrough of that they'll each have the game gave you the tools and you will each kind of go use the tools as you see fit differently mm-hmm. um and that's a trend i really think i hope will continue in 2018 these like games that basically say here's kind of all the things you can do you go and do it now you go do your thing we'll help you if you get stuck but you kind of do your own thing Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i I like that a lot as well Hmm. um and the other thing i'm kind of like this doesn't really fall under mechanics or genre uh necessarily but it's something I, i noticed in 2017 um was that there were a lot of games that were basically sequels that were i guess technically soft reboots but they were all like drastically different than the previous iterations Mm, which Um, what are you talking which ones are you talking about so um some of these games aren't out yet they're Mm. coming out this year Mm. uh but i'm talking about games like breath of the wild was like that's that was a really Mm. big kind of change from like what was previously known uh resident evil 7 going from going back to its roots as kind of the survival horror but also now in first person and with all these a lot of these reactionary things Mm -hmm. uh monster hunter world going back to console but also having more interconnected worlds having more reactionary monsters and like god of war being like hey this is still you know go around hack and slash but now it's in a more third person like behind the shoulder kind of deal and now you have these other characters with you and seems to be more i guess what i was saying is like in 2017 and a bit in this year we're seeing a lot of games that are sequels that are kind of reshaping their whole identity mm. kind of thing mm-hmm. they they hold on to what their what was their fundamental thing but they go in like drastically different directions than mm. what anything came like 
anything in their series came before. Yeah. So I hope mm. to see more of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Hmm. You know what, Adam? I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People I... should agree with me more. <laughs> yeah. Well, Adam. Adam. Yeah. Guys. Oh. Well, guys, we've been talking about hopes and dreams and good things. Our last question here uh-huh. is... What worries you about the coming year? Uh, in in game related quotes, what 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 in the gaming realm are you like kind of like iffy on? What are you saying? Uh, no more, please. What I do mean, you we, not want to see. We've already mm. talked about the loot boxes. Yeah, but, well, I feel like that's, um, I don't know that's what you're talking about. I'm excited for more loot boxes. Oh boy. Um, like that's probably my biggest issue is I just don't want to see more exploitative practices. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and and I don't want to see more of just um i guess sort of like basically i don't know just the same sort of grindy games coming out every year mm-hmm. like i'm still interested more i'm like as, as i probably listed i'm just in a bunch of indie games but um i'm just still interested in games that are doing more with the medium um yeah. and maybe like putting some polish on something cool um so i'm like i don't want to see lots of like repeats of old stuff that we've done already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what worries me? Uh, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head that that's kind of worrying me as a as a thing that's happening right now is, uh, and this may be kind of unfounded, but it, it's something I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Player Unknown Battlegrounds All came right. out uh, late last year or about mid last year, and is now the highest selling game on Steam. It's kind of got this huge, huge following. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed is that a bunch of other games are now adding Battlegrounds style game modes. Oh my god. You are worried about copycats. Um, my boss spooked I, I me am. and said that Halo 6 was going to have a Battlegrounds mode for a second. And I was I, like, wait, who did? what? My boss. You know what? I don't oh, think that's well, a joke. I, I think that like, could actually um, happen. No, th- please don't. I could but see like, that happening. Here's kind of we were kind of talking about how, you know, games go through a a single player then a multiplayer phase. There always seems like this one game that comes out that like really does stuff, but then there's a whole bunch of copycats. And I guess my thing is is that I have the it's not really a worry, but I can just see it already happening of boy, I bet every multiplayer game that's a shooter or something like that is going to have a battleground style game mode. Oh boy. Like I could see Halo having one. I think Halo yeah. could work. That that might work. Uh, I know that game Paladins added one recently. Um, right. I saw that. You think Overwatch could add a Battleground style mode? I don't think they need to, but they might. Uh, not yeah. not that they need to, Zach. Could they? They could. They definitely could. Um, because I think there's such a popularity for the, those Battleground style games. Um, because it kind of hark- it kind of like pulls at what we were saying before of. You know, it is a big open world. You're kind of on your own exploring. It gives you the tools. And, like, that works really well. And it works really well in this multiplayer setting. But, all right, guys, not everybody needs to jump on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have another thing that worries me, but I'll, I'll pass it off to you guys. Well, I mean, well, I, I, I wasn't I worried about that, that but now I am. Like, I, I yeah. wasn't worried about clones, but now I'm super worried about clones. I can absolutely see that being a thing for not just this year, but maybe a few years to come. Like, you know, it's funny when you say you're worried about clones and my head is like, you know what? If somebody didn't know what we were talking about, it'd be like, I'm really scared that there's another Drew walking around. There's uh, clones of me. Oh, no, I got rid of those guys years ago. But all right. They're, so, they're so Adam, what, is, what is your other fear then, Adam? Uh, my other worry, um, and this is a little more, uh, I think a little more grounded, is I have personally had quite enough of every game needing to spawn its own esports league. 
Ooh. Um, I I know this this is kind of weird because. Oh God, it's really weird talking about this because on the one hand, I personally really like Overwatch and I think it works well in an like the Overwatch League. I actually think the Overwatch League works pretty well. Um, it's just weird to me that it seems like anytime anytime a multiplayer competitive game comes out, it seems like people don't really look at it as like what is it doing differently? What is it doing? Is it like fun? They think okay, how can I how can I blow this up into an esports league? Right. So mm. it gets a whole bunch of features and add-ons and stuff like that to kind of push this esports thing but it doesn't really go anywhere and it's like yeah it feels like i'll give you an example and this is an old example uh but it's something that i was i've always kind of have in the back of my mind when i see these multiplayer games come up uh do you guys remember a game called evolve i do Uh, remember a game called evolve i do remember evolve so evolve was a game by turtle rock studios it was a 4v1 uh hunters versus monster game and it was really cool really neat really neat premise uh kind of concept and it actually played pretty well uh but one of the things i remember was that while that game was coming out they were really pushing that they were going to try to make this a competitive like esports game yeah and it was so weird because it didn't make any sense because like you need to prove your concept before you want to jump into that I remember showing Zach and our, our friend Ian a bunch of videos for Evolve and, like, matches. And it was weird that, like, every time I showed them a match, it had, like, esports-level commentating on it. And it always kind of stuck me in the back of my mind of, I wonder how much they spent trying to set up this whole esports league thing for this game instead of really, like, polishing up the game. Mm. Now, the game's not terrible. It could it definitely could have used some refinement, and it did eventually go, like, free-to-play later mm-hmm. as a way to kind of make some money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always curious of like these games that come, these multiplayer games that come out now, they're like, oh, we're going to make a league. And like, how much are you devoting to actually making this a really good game first? <clears throat> like yeah. to kind of what Zach was saying, uh, I think Overwatch can get away from it because you can kind of tell that it like, they put a lot of money in and in development into making it a, just a solid game first. Yeah. They like, and then I think the Overwatch they didn't even, league came out later. I don't know when they started mentioning the league. They might've been mentioning it really early, but they, like you, you barely basically like the Overwatch League sort of didn't exist. Like an entirely different league called Apex started up in South Korea mm-hmm. before Overwatch League got like before we even heard about the Overwatch League. But see, like the the esports thing kind of comes up naturally. Like if there is a big enough following behind it, the esports league will come up naturally. And I guess that's something I'm kind of getting tired of or worried is that all of these game, like all these execs, will see like, damn, esports and major league gaming makes a lot of money we should just tool this game around capitalizing on that. And it's like, well, then the game doesn't do anything. Like, you know, you, you're, that's time that you're not spending on the game instead of setting up this whole infrastructure to kind of esports it up. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a fear, but like I'm, or a worry, but it's like, I, I, I can see that happening sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I could go on forever <laughs> about all the worries I have. Mm. We could go, we could be here all night. We Aww. could. But maybe we should move on to the design club. The design club! All right, guys. Well, rather than worrying about everything, let's design club it up. Our design club of this lovely week, this lovely year, is describe a game that that encapsulates all the things you want to see this year. Be creative. Off the wall. You have a limitless budget. The stars themselves cannot limit you. Nothing can limit you. Your dreams are endless and infinite. Oh my god, I feel so caught... 
or have unlimited cosmic power. Right, but let's take that unlimited power. cosmic power, and I want to make a suggestion. What is your suggestion? All three of us make one game li- that encapsulates the things we all want. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll I better be... not limit my cosmic power. So let's start off. We can't. This has. A, this is a game that has no league element in it. No loot boxes. No loot boxes. Um, thank goodness. Has split screen multiplayer, I mean, but a heavy emphasis on a budget. single player campaign. Um, okay. Does it have to have all these things, or is it just shit that I want this year? Um, I, I think it's just shit we want this year. I think it's just. Everybody, state the things you want, and we'll make that a game. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have... Uh, so, for each making a game, I have a game I'd love to see mm-hmm. this year. Okay. Um, I thought... Wait. Huh? I thought we were all... Okay. My suggestion was we all pile into one game, and everyone just takes the concept that they had, and we just make that into one. Oh, okay. Well, that works, too. Well, you well Adam, just, you okay, seem so excited, though. Way. What were you what excited... Game, what game should we make? What? So, no league, no loot box... No league, no uh, loot box, split screen multiplayer, VR elements. Oh um, VR AR, elements. VR and AR okay, elements. Uh, so you have to have a VR headset and your phone out at the same time. Um, that's maybe a little... Okay, so we've gone crazy. Drew, Adam, just give me your idea. <laughs> I was about to say, like, you know, there's something to be said for Zach's idea of, we'll, we'll you know, we'll pour all of our ideas into one game. But it's like, then we end up with this where it's like buzzwords of the game. Oh, no. <laughs> We are a terrible marketing campaign. We've done oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so um, describe a game that encapsulates all the things you want to see this year. Um, this is going to sound super, like, Hippocratic. Like, not Hippocratic. <laughs> hypocritical of me for just shitting all over, like, esports late games. You know what I want? What do you want? I want a VR game to come out. A, I want a giant robot fighting VR game to come out oh. that has the potential for like the whole competitive scene. Adam, I love it. That would and be I'll, awesome. I'll tell, you, I'll tell it to you this way. There was a game that came out when the PlayStation VR came out called Riggs Mechanized Combat League. Oh, yeah. And in it, and I know I've talked about it on this show before, uh, in it you were playing as a member of a competitive robot fighting team. It was you and your two buddies, and you were going through the league and the team. That game really didn't take off. I want to see that game done again because I love that idea so much. I, you know, one, I really like giant robots. Giant robots Two, are very I good. I really, I love when giant robots fight. Mm-hmm. Three, oh. I, I want to have the moment where you put the VR headset on and you have like the robot boot up sequence and you're like, oh my god, this is just like piloting a giant oh my robot. God, that sounds very and cool. Maybe it can be competitive, maybe not, but I would love to see. You know, maybe it could be like rigs where it's like a competitive sports thing or it just becomes like you can have like one V one thing. But I would just love to have like finally a game that's like VR. You're fully immersed in piloting this giant machine. Basically, what I'm saying, I guess, is I'm really there's a series called Armored Core. Oh, yeah. By FromSoft. (laughs) I would give anything for FromSoftware to come out with Armored Core 6 and it to have not like in it to have exceptionally good vr support yeah that would be very cool (laughs) i want to build my giant robot and fly it around and then fight other people that would be god damn it i want it like vr is bullshit until i have a giant robot (laughs) vr game (laughs) it doesn't make sense you heard it here first people adam says vr is bullshit (laughs) what is what all right what is the literal point of vr if i can't fly around in a giant robot uh, I mean, he has a very strong argument. 
I ask you. Um, you know what? Uh, and I know people are going to be like, but Adam, you said don't make it a competitive esports. That's why I'm being very particular. I want this to be like Armored Core, where multiplayer was a fucking afterthought and barely worked. <laughs> <laughs> you, wait, you, your ideal game has janky, shitty multiplayer. Has janky, shitty I, multi, yeah. Listen, I want, the, I want the Armored Core experience that I had on the PS2, where it was like, well, I guess that we can kind of fight each other. But the single player is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. That's what we need. I guess if I'm being for reals honest, uh, I'm hoping that the next Armored Core game comes out and has really good single player, but maybe it has these uh, competitive VR matches that you can do. Mm. Of course, I'd really, you know, I hope it also can play without the VR because if I decide, boy, VR is really expensive, I don't really want to spend that money. Yeah. You know, Adam, I think I, my, I really my idea like follows game. along a similar line that I'd be cool for VR a very well done VR game. But um what I want I don't know if you guys know about the isekai anime genre. I don't. Yep. yep. Um there's only like one, two or fifty every season. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton what, of them. What um, are they? What I, I would know. love what I would love to see, and this is my dream every year. Oh, hold on one second, Zach. Do you not Drew, do you not know what an isekai is? Oh, okay. No, I is? do not. So an isekai series Wait. is basically the I've been reborn in a new world kind of thing or transported to a new world. There you go. Um, kind do of you deal. know what Sword Art Online is? Yes, I do. Okay, so my idea is a a VR game that's also playable off of VR. Um, honestly, if I had to pick like an art style, I'd probably just point at Final Fantasy fourteen and say that, do that. Mm. Um, because I absolutely love the art in that game. Um, the one major difference from, say, like uh, fourteen is it, instead of being a very linear theme park style MMO, I would love for it to be a open world sort of sandbox MMO and sort of, uh, as always, a little bit recessed, a little bit further back from the focus on combat um, and just sort of like presents a world to you that you can sort of explore and wander around in and you get those sort of dynamic AIs I was talking about that sort of like come up to you for quests or maybe you have requests for them Um and you just sort of like it, it's a game about sort of like being in a world and sort of like inhabiting it while mm-hmm. in the VR headset and just sort of living the experience, I guess. That's the kind of game that I would like to see in 2018 if I had an infinite budget and the sky Zach, was the limit and I was all powerful. Zach, there's there's a series called Dot Hack, and in that game, there's a the in the series is about this in-universe game called The World, and yep. it was all about exploration. And kind of finding these new and unexplored realms. It sounds kind of like what you're talking about, where uh, where it's like more about exploration rather than yeah. combat. There I, is some combat in that one. There is. So uh, another game, another anime that I think would be fairly solid inspiration for this would be. Um, uh, no, it's not Excel World. It is. How did I it's blank Log on Horizon. this? It's Log Horizon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did I know? How did yeah. I know? <laughs> but yeah, so Log Horizon would be a really cool model for this. Is uh, it's very much like all about the sort of like weird complexities that come up and how an MMO interfaces as an actual thing. It that's just the sort of thing I really really want and I will want it every year until I get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Z- all right, Drew. Is it my turn? You have cosmic power now. Cosmic power. Okay. So given it is 2018, I have a limitless budget. I go over to Arcane. I knock on their door. I say, guys, you need to make something <laughs> this year. You guys need to make something this year. It can't be Dishonored. It can't be another Dishonored. You, you got to give it some time. 
I want you to do uh, that. I want you to do that, but, but not Mr. Just, Drew. Yeah, yes. It'd be so easy. We could make another Dishonored. Can, can we make Dishonored three? I'm afraid not. Arcane Studios CEO uh, name insert here. But you may not make another Dishonored game. You will instead. Curses. You will instead create a single player game. That let's see here. I want you to take all of your artistry, all of your skill. I want you to go over and make love to the people at Nintendo and create for me Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> I want you to make Metroid Prime 4. Let me ask 4. you. <laughs> Do they have to make love to everybody at Nintendo? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the only okay. way to make good games. Oh, um, crap. I have a second suggestion. What is your That's second a, suggestion? Uh, hold on a second, Zach. Uh, we'll get back to that. Drew, that is a tall order. It is a very That's tall order. a lot order. of people in in nintendo to make sweet love to that's, and then also make a game yeah that's whew, a lot of work yeah, you very said, tired uh, afterwards i, I said that would a, be kinda... a limitless budget a limitless budget um, okay so i <laughs> i also have oh i have a i have a joke and or i i have a suggestion similar lines of of, of drew mm-hmm. um i would walk up to yoko taro hand him infinite dollars and say please make another good game okay <laughs> <laughs> that also works make whatever you want yoko taro go for it uh, but I mean, we'll go back to, to, to Drew's suggestion. Up, uh, that'd be pretty sick. I'd, I'd imagine it, it. I'm imagining now it's like Metroid Prime, but with all like the crazy abilities and stuff of uh, Dishonored. Like the blink could like be used as in the place of the uh, speed booster and stuff like that. Well, I, I guess what I'm really trying to say oh, is boy. like I would really like a supernatural game that is more almost like Bloodborne, where it's like a personal descent. But I guess if it was less focused on like you know Eldritch lore and maybe went into something else. Like at this point, I feel like there's enough like people ripping off H.P. Lovecraft where we can afford to go into different realms of fiction. Um, mm-hmm. you know what? It'd be super cool if we could see like a truly steampunk universe. Um, something that's like actually steampunk, like actually like zeppelins and like open world and like all kinds of cool knickknacks oh, everywhere. We're back um, to doing mm-hmm. steampunk. Yeah, you know, I think that stuff's cool. Whatever. Um, I wanted to it's say true. cyberpunk, but I know uh, freaking CD Projekt Red is already working on that. I, uh, I want right. them. I wish them the oh, best okay. of luck. <laughs> what? All right. What games are you? What do you? games you excited to see this coming year i don't think we're gonna see shit of cyberpunk 20 uh 2077 mm-hmm. i think we'll see a trailer oh, but that's it I yeah mean, that, well. that was one of my worries of this year is like all the games that i'm hoping for just won't come out right like death stranding i don't have high expectations uh kingdom hearts it will get a trailer if anything um <laughs> <laughs> if that just watch them be like but just watch them like drop an announcement and be like releasing next week mm-hmm. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 minus 18 divided by 12 find X. Oh my god. god oh my god. Um, Kingdom Hearts solve for X. I guess I would say, you know what I think would be interesting? Supernatural hmm. game, you know, well polished, Arcane Studios or someone of that nature doing something that is almost like a roguelike. I enjoy roguelikes. We haven't had, like, a really good, well-polished one in a long time. I'd like to see something like that done by a studio that's, like, really well-acclaimed. That's what I got. Mm. Yeah. A simple I'm request. I'm surprised that there aren't many. There's a lot of indie roguelikes. I'm surprised none of the big AAA games I think it's because have done roguelikes. I think it's because a AAA studio has learned that roguelikes basically rely on a really good procedural generation system. Mm-hmm. And... That's for cheaper studios. We have more important things to do. 
I mean, That's right. you say that. I have to render this. I have to render this texture right now yep. in glorious 8K. Yep. Look at this Space Marine's face, Drew. Look at it. Oh, it's so beautiful and lovely. Does he have an angsty backstory? He does. Oh, he's good. the last of his kind. He's a he's a gruff and rugged man's man. Oh. He was the only survivor on his in his platoon. Oh boy. But Adam, what if he was reincarnated into a sexy anime character in the video game online? Hey. With Wait, Drew, swords. you told me you didn't know what isekai is. That sounds like Yeah, it. that sounds like some isekai. <laughs> oh, it's been brought back all around. Hooray. Oh <laughs> um, I don't know where I want. I feel design. I, I'm pretty done. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty done as well. Design club has ended. All right. Um, it's, time for, it's time for pour outs, everyone. How do I feel about pour outs? Okay. All right. Uh, well, I've got a bunch of games I want to make pour outs for. Or really just one. Detroit Become Human. You're coming out in 2018, and I'm not very excited for you. Yay! I'm gonna pour one out because now Zach's not gonna play Detroit Become Human and I'll <laughs> never know what it's about. And I'll have to wait for the two best friends to play it. Mm. Eh, no. shit. Uh, I have, let's see, a uh, a toast to January of 2018. Hot damn, dude. That's a, that's a strong month to start on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna make a toast, basically the opposite style of toast. I'm gonna make a toast to the games releasing this year. Thank you for not being as amazing as last year. I can finally play those games that I missed last year. <laughs> Just you wait. 2018 will show you what's what. Oh, um, boy. I, I guess I have a toast in that same vein, too. I have a toast to, I guess, all the games that I get to play this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Zach on this one. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to do... Uh, I'm going to do a small toast to the System Shock reboot that got kickstarted. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That'll be interesting. And I'm it, it, it is, it might actually get me to play System Shock because the original System Shock doesn't look very good at all. Mm, it's a little dated. No, when it's, no, when it's very obtuse. It's very obtuse. Mm. All right, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have I want to make a game studio called Obtuse Studios. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Mm. Mm. All we do is like games that are like, why the fuck does this make any sense? Like, this is very obtuse. You know, you, you would be the Peter Molyneux of studios. You could you could be Peter Molyneux. Oh, God, I have a toast to 2018. <sighs> May Peter Molyneux make a new game. Yes, oh, may no. Peter Molyneux make a new game. Well, I have a pour out to future Adam when he then announces his new game. <laughs> <laughs> make a pour out to yourself in the future. That is, that is uh, good. Very solid. Hey man, I know for a fact future Adam's gonna have some worries coming up. I th- oh I think current Adam has those same worries, but future Adam could have worries that present Adam doesn't even know about. Oh, I should worry about that. Oh, oh dear. No. Well, just so I don't worry, I think I could use a lesson of the day. All right. Well, I'll be nice with you this time. Hey everybody, it's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson: If a cat starts following you and it eats your food as you drop it on the ground. That means that cat is now your friend. Cherish, cherish your friendship. And that's the lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Well, Aww. thanks, Zach. <laughs> thank I'll you, remember Zach. that when I'm trying to train palicos. Yep. <laughs> calicos, who are your pal? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will remember it while I'm playing Minoko's Night Market. Mino- I... Minoko's Night Market? With I... lots and Whatever. lots of cats. When, when you're catting cats <laughs> as best as you can. 
All right, listeners, thank you so much for listening. It is going to be one heck of a good year. We are always happy to hear from you. Um, If you want to give us any suggestions for topics this coming year or just want to say hi, you can always reach us at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team, N-I-T-W-I-C, at gmail.com. This week's music is by Pro Leader. As always, you should check him out. He's a really, really talented musician, I'll tell you what. Um, Next week and next month, we're going to be mixing things up a little bit. We are going to stay on theme of shooters every week we will be discussing a different shooter game or franchise and just kind of gonna go at it from there we're trying to shake things up if you haven't been able to tell and uh, we're hoping you're gonna enjoy that little bit of a ride we got going um that's all i got hopefully hopefully you have a great week and we uh we might talk to you real soon we might do that we might do that all right Bye. 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 You need to have something to introduce the bonus. Bonus round! Wow, that was no, really bad. Holy shit, I tried it and it went so badly. Hello, <laughs> audience members who have stuck around. You have now entered the Nitwick bonus round. Uh, today, it's basically. Week- I mean, this. I, I feel like this is. Yeah, so over the course of, of, of the show, we sometimes come up with topics that we want to talk about and we want to talk about it more in depth. And it usually has to do with our weeks. And this week, I finished Blood Bucket Battlefront, and Adam really wanted to talk about it. I really, really mm-hmm. want to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it, because we didn't get to do the anime episode that we were going to do. We are going to do an anime mini, and we didn't get to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, just for future reference, when uh, bonus rounds will occasionally, like Zach said, they'll just be kind of extra bits. Uh, so we hope you'll enjoy this extra bit as we talk about Blood Blockade Battlefront. Yeah, so, Super- although, one small thing... Um, I want to see an isekai show about the most jaded, hardened veteran soldier with like PTSD plunged into a fantasy world where he just wants to live alone in a permit. It just sounds like wow, the perfect this... isekai. It's so de- it's depressing, yet so much potential How for good How does that have comedy. anything to do with Blood Blockade? I don't know. We were talking about isekais and I came up with it. But let's get the Blood Blockade well, Battlefront. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that. So, bit of an introduction. Um... So we're probably going to go, uh, we're probably going to be talking about the majority of the series. So if you have not seen Blood Blockade Battlefront, you may want to turn back before we spoil stuff. Because I have a feeling yeah, we'll we're probably, we're probably just going to go unfiltered uh, yeah, we're, and chat about kind of anything in the series. So I, I have not watched the second season, so that's off limits. Oh yeah. So this yeah. is strictly season one of the series. Um, so yeah, this is your warning in three, two, one. Oh my God, big spoiler. Oh God, spoilers. Um, just kidding. So, so uh, just to start with my opinion on the show, because I, I finished it recently. Um, do we want to give an overview of what it is first? Right, yeah, that's probably... Well, this is for people who already know the spoilers, or I guess I people know, who don't care. Like All right, for the people who don't care about spoilers for this show, um, it is about this guy named Leonardo who has the eyes of God because a great spirit showed up and said... One of you gets the eyes of God. The other of you goes blind. And he and his sister went like, I'll go blind. He gets the eyes of God. And so his sister, who is already in a wheelchair at that point, I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, is now uh, blind. Is already 
Michelle is getting a really rough deal. Yeah, out she's of this. Getting, I mean, but she offered herself. So, so he didn't uh, have a choice, but he feels super guilty about it. Trust me, you spend the mm-hmm. entire first season of him being very guilty, feeling, feeling very, very guilty about this. And so um, this coincides with an event called, I forget what it was called, actually. It's called the Great Collapse. Yeah, the Great that Collapse. That has taken place over uh, New York City. And New York City has basically become this hub for all of the different worlds that kind of co-mingle with each other. And all of New York City has kind of been, like, encased in this dome of fog. Yeah, it's more so, like all of Manhattan has been encased in this yeah, dome of fog. Yeah, that's probably but, more yeah. of the area. Uh, and so Leonardo, trying to figure out a way that he can restore his his uh, sister's sight, goes to uh, the great city of Hell Salem's Lot. Or Hell, Hell Salem's Lot. As Hell Salem's, I don't know. The writing in the manga, it was called it. Jerusalem's Lot. So Jesus, what? <laughs> so I can see why they changed it to Hell. Why? Uh, I always call it Hell. Salem. Okay, this is the first Hell thing Salem's I, Lot. The first thing I have to say about this show: the American names are very. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say. So he goes okay. there, and he's looking around trying to find uh, a way to restore his sister's sight, and he ends up getting recruited into the super secret organization of Libra who is, uh, they are the defenders of this city and are trying to make sure nothing crazy gets out of the city or threatens the survival of the world. And the series encapsulates his time with Libra and uh, and kind of the adventures that go on. All yeah. right, Zach, now okay, so the you may tell me First thing I want to say, some of the names in this show are just like, what the fuck were they thinking? Um, what are you talking about, Zach? They're all, <laughs> they all make total sense. Hell Salem's lots like fucking nuts. Um... The, like, a lot of the, like, character names end up being pretty good. Like, uh, Zap, I think, uh, has a, has, it's weird, but it works. Chain Zap is Renfro. Or something, yeah. Oh, is that, is that his actual fucking name? Yeah, Zap Renfro. Oh, God, Zap, I'm sorry. Um, uh, so, and, and then you have other characters like KK. KK, uh, I think, I, I think at one point, so... The series has this is very is a very stylized show, and one of the things oh, yeah. it does is when it introduces a new character, it literally has, it, it has the the kind of the text box around them identifying the character. But as you'll fucking... see in certain scenes, that's actually an in universe thing. Oh, like, is it? You'll what? S- yeah. So so Zach, there's a gag in I think season one, but I know at the very very beginning of season two where it's kind of reintroducing everybody, uh-huh. where it's like. You're literally looking from somebody else's perspective at a group of characters and you see their introduction box around them. <laughs> yeah. So this show likes to pull off those kinds of gags and it does it a lot. <laughs> um, um, I'm trying to think what some of the other like crazy characters are. So the characters of Libra are um, there's Leonardo Watch. He, he He's the guy that has the eyes of God. He can see everything. Uh, it's pretty cool. He can see everything and he can also give people his vision. Which right. I, it's just like, damn, that's a neat ability. Yeah, it is neat. Um, he can also, like, fuck with people somehow. I don't know exactly what he does he, for it, but yeah. Basically, he, he takes their vision and then distorts it. Or uh, in a couple scenes, what he'll do is if he's being attacked by a big group of people, he'll be like, okay, Zach now sees what Adam's seeing. Adam now sees what Zach's seeing. Drew sees somebody what somebody else sees from, like, way the hell over in, like, a different country. And he shuffles everybody's vision around and it disorients you because you're, like, looking at yourself. Um, yeah. It's a pretty neat power. It's very powerful, but it's it super... Ac- like, it's really weird, so Zach. The thing is- uh, he has one of the more powerful abilities in the series, but compared to everybody else, it seems very tame. Yeah, his his he has a very powerful ability. 
Um, and it seems very tame, and I think it's because it's paired with a character who is just a regular guy. Like, physically speaking, Leonardo is nothing special. No, Leo's uh-huh. kind of a run-of-the-mill... Oh, he, he gets bullied and picked on throughout the entire series. Like, yeah. there's at least four or five scenes of him getting mugged. Yeah, there are a bunch of those. Um, um, I think it's in season one. Isn't there a scene where he's like, guys, you gotta keep all of your backup money so when they mug you, you don't lose all of it. I keep mine in my shoe. <laughs> Leo! <laughs> God damn it! That's amazing! Um, but yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, so you get these other characters like, uh, what is the main guy's name? I forget his name. So there's, there's Leo, there's, uh, the leader of Libra is Klaus von, uh, von Von Reinhardt. something. Reinhardt. Reinhardt. It's very close to Reinhardt, but a Z instead of a T. Uh, he is the eldest son of the von, of the Reinhardt's family and he's the leader of Libra. He, uh, has these gauntlets that he puts on and he can like do these crazy blood. Remember his brain grid blood technique? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand half of this. He basically, he punched real, real good. That's all you need to know. He punches very, very good. And he seems to be like stern fatherly mentor figure for everybody else. Well, he's always supposed to be the, he's supposed to be the gentleman character. Yeah. The very, the typical gentleman character. Uh, Even though he looks like a giant, he basically is beast for X-Men. He, uh, not quite he's not well, quite not beast. quite but like remember he like he the way his got, head, like his yeah, facial hair no 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 his, fangs. his hair is set up correctly he's got fangs but he doesn't have a lot of like body hair no well wasn't that that episode where he was boxing and he had his shirt off he did but it wasn't that he's, much it wasn't beast i guess it's all in his head like on his face though. yeah yeah it's all really he gave his, me like, the face. like he's a very like powerful character uh he's really cool i like klaus a lot um he's and pretty then neat. So after that, there's Zap, who does blood magic, and he um, is a striker. He he punches he, things real good. He's kind of a he's a womanizing idiot. Yeah. Uh, he has one of so, my favorite interactions with Leo, and it's that one episode where. Uh, so in the episode, they're like, uh, "Zap, we need you to go bodyguard for Leo." So instead, Zap uses this entire opportunity to mug Leo and steal pizza from him. Oh right, as he's trying to deliver it. <laughs> Leo gets a, a job in the city of, I'm going to deliver pizza. And then Zap it's keeps ordering so it and then mugs him. Yeah, Zap keeps ordering the pizza and then mugs it and steals it from him. It's, it is very stupid. And like, and he gets to the end of the episode and Leo was like, oh, he did it because he was supposed to protect me. Oh, Leo, you're such a cool dude. And I was like, no, Leo, Zap's an asshole. Oh, no, Leo, Leo figured that out. Remember the, the bit's like, I can't believe he did that. Yeah. As fucking if. Yeah. Um. No, and then, uh, and then the other so, character that you meet initially is Chain, who is this woman who wears a suit, can teleport, mm-hmm. and she's constantly referred to as a dog. So, uh, this is one of the weird things about Blood Blockade Battlefront, um, is that some of the characters don't actually get their time in the spotlight until season two. Yeah, Chain barely so, got any season time at all. Chain is this character. Chain's pretty. Chain's pretty cool. Um, but you really don't get any of her personality or what she's about until season two, where Actually, there's a whole episode dedicated to her. Okay, so I, I kind of want to get to 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 those characters a bit later. There's some things I wanted to mention about it. Um, there's KK who also comes up and doesn't have a lot of impact. She has like one episode and then she's gone. Um, I love KK. She's great. KK's great. Um, I forget who's the like. He seems like a professional man who's got like connections and he has ice powers. I just- I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, Steven. 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 His name is Steven. Thank you, Steven. Um, so he's he's also a cool dude, and you get barely any time with him. 
they have the full episode on the guy who's possessed by a demon essentially oh is that the i i don't remember his name but there is a character who and he's not possessed it's very weird how this one works up uh, there's a one of the villains in the series says man i really want the ultimate boyfriend and my demon boyfriend's so good but boy he just looks ugly as all balls i hate oh, the way he looks look at that beautiful man over there i'm gonna take the beautiful guy's skin remove all of his blood take my boyfriend pulverize him into blood and then put him in the beautiful boy and then i will have the ultimate boyfriend it's like yeah so now you have two entities that's in one. horrible it's so horrible um but the guy seems cool with it and the demon yeah. seems cool with it yeah they both seem cool with the situation yeah, they, you know, it's, it's this no. odd symbiotic relationship between the two of them um and then there's there is guy with an that's afro and woman with a shotgun who got like barely any screen time uh they show up for the party they do and then they show up at the finale for season one and that's the only times you see them yep (laughs) it's like very weird um they're they're part of the squad i think they're the cavalry (laughs) they uh i'm trying to remember if they oh hold on so the guy who's possessed yeah i never know what his name is uh dog hummer and deldro brody right hummer they call him hummer yep I don't I don't get it. Um Yeah. Let's see, there's uh who's Gilbert oh that's the butler. Um which character are we talking about? We have Gilbert the Butler, who's Gilbert all the wrapped butler, up in cloth. Uh he gets a bit he gets an episode in season two. That's uh, nice. Uh so the the Afro guy and the and the girl? Yeah. They do not get an episode in season two. Oh they god. Are, are they... They're just kind of like I we're extra they they show up more, but um they're kind of like side characters in this ensemble cast yeah they seem like the side characters of the ensemble cast they seem like they seem like the mundane characters who are just sort of there to be backup mm-hmm. um, um and we'll hopefully see more of them it, it'd be cool uh and then uh, i think i think that covers all of them oh right except for the very unlucky detective or oh uh blitz blitz yeah uh blitz is a world detective who has such bad luck that catastrophe seems to just follow him but he then also ends up being like entrusted with like super high intelligence things of like yeah <laughs> here don't let this thing break yeah give it to the guy who causes calamities as he walks great that's a good idea yeah so i think this is a good time to to, to sort of pivot oh towards... hold on oh we missed we missed one other character you forgot zed oh i forgot zed what a boy what or as i like to call him gilmero del toro's shape of water the character <laughs> he's a fish uh, man. zed Zed is a uh, fellow disciple of this blood technique like Zap, and they are kind of like, they're supposed to be the same teacher, but totally different polar opposites. Yeah, so so Zed and Zap, um, so Zed was introduced, Zap shows up from the beginning, but Zed was introduced in an episode called Z's Longest Day, and so you assume it's going to mm-hmm. be Zap, and you get all the way to the end, and it's a new two-episode series, and you start episode two, and... Like right at the beginning, they make a joke about how it's like, uh, it's like, so it turned like, hey, did you know both Zap and Zed are both have Z? And I was like, it's God a joke. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if uh, of the main main cast, uh, I think we got everybody now. Yeah, I think except I think for we have Sonic. One. Sonic is there. Oh right, the the little monkey, the very fast monkey. So you know, yep. There's Somehow, a character named Sonic in this who's very fast. He's very fast, but he's a tiny little monkey. Not a hedgehog. 
He's a very tiny little monkey, and he basically is the inciting incident of the entire show because he steals Leonardo's camera and runs off with it. And in the process of trying to get his fucking camera back, he ends up joining Libra. Kind of on accident, but, you know. And saving the city, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, uh, so, um, just want to point out, Hell Salem's lot. How the hell... Okay, so... Yeah, there's some issues about how they rebuild all those it, buildings all the time. It's a really great setting for this because it is down it's styled as like downtown uh new york and i think it's got it's just got all these different vibes and everything and it really does feel like that very classic new york image uh and it's done expertly well through the art through the sound like the music is great uh but one thing that always kind of struck me about hell salem's lot is that if you watch it this show loves blowing shit up and oh like, yeah not just like oh that that room is blown up like there's a building that gets thrown or cut in half in, like, the first episode. Yeah. Zach, how the hell are they rebuilding this city I don't know. constantly? I don't know. They're using fucking magic to put the buildings back together. I have they have to be. No but it's idea. Like, dude, I wouldn't want to live in it. All right, no here, here's does. my question. Would you want to live in Hell Salem's Lot? Not even for a day. Not even to visit someone. Uh, not even a damn second. Because <laughs> one thing you learn throughout the series is, uh, like, collateral damage is kind of the order of the show. Like, yeah. If you do not have a named intro, there's a good chance you're just going to get wiped out. Yeah, no, if I was guaranteed a named intro and a cool superpower, I think I could make it for like a minute now, and then I'm gone again. I um, want to point out, this isn't like an Attack on Titan kind of thing where it's like, oh, anybody can die. This is just like, a wow, bunch look of at that extras nameless. in the background die. <laughs> like, it's like, oh boy, there's that guy that mugged Leo and was a general jackass. Oh, you, oh, know, he's dead. you know who does survive? Hmm. Um, the... The woman at the burger place. She in like like three different occasions. She, she should have died, and yet she did. She's the unluckiest person in that city. Oh like, man, uh, I can't remember her name at the moment. But she runs a little diner that Leo uh, goes to all the time. That building I don't even was destroyed three or four times, and it's always rebuilt. It's always rebuilt. It's fine, which makes me think that yeah, it's magic. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, I don't know. Uh, the next, well, do you have anything else you want to kind of cover? Um, uh, I think. I think it's time we can just, like, veer towards the plot of Season 1, because that's most of what I wanted to talk about. Um, okay, so before we get season... into the plot... Oh, okay, so I was just going to say plot. one last thing. Uh, just one last little comment uh, on these characters. This is a very ensemble cast, uh, and there's a bunch of side characters that we'll probably mention as we kind of go through this, uh, the plot uh, synopsis. Yeah, I mean, this is the main bad guy dude who we didn't talk about, but there's... Yeah, but we're, we'll get to him in the, in the plot. Yeah, um, yeah. Because the series is very... Um, episodic and introduces all these little side characters it does and all of them are pretty all of them are pretty great like there's the I, adorable little man who loves burgers yeah i think the last thing i just want to say before we get in the plot is i i know not every character gets their big moment in the sun in the, the first season but i ended up leaving like liking each of the characters just yeah kind of individually. that's that's something i also agree with is is that i i ended up really enjoying all the different characters and they were very fun to watch um which made me very sad at the end of season one so let's get started oh, with the yeah. plot um oh boy let's do it all right. Oh God, Drew's gone. Um, we have we have forced him to leave. Um, so, <laughs> season one, the main plot is around these two characters, black and white, and they have real fucking names. So I'm just going to call them black and white from now until eternity. So when mm. the collapse happened, there a big barrier was made by a bunch of like wizards. I can only describe them as wizards. No, um, that's that's accurate. I think even the series is like. <laughs> I think they're like described as spell casters they're called casters they're basically using whatever word they can to say not 
wizards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The basically wizards uh, set up a barrier to protect the city, to, to like contain the collapse to Manhattan, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and during it, a lot of upheaval happened. Things blew up. And during that, black and white, who were like basically like mid teenagers at the time, um, were sort of caught up in this mess because their parents were also there. I don't know how they ended up there, but so they, uh, so they come from a family that deals with different se- like sealing techniques. Yeah. Um, and so they were there, and I believe the, so the parents are there to stop it, and they were trying to seal it, and the whole thing kind of comes into a buckle and. I believe they they die because it just kind of it's too much. I'm trying to remember, the parents, their, their just parents die. die. They just die in an explosion. I think it's because something. the collapse is like giving out so much energy that they're trying to like seal it. Yeah, and so in um, in like a desperate gambit, I don't know who does it. I don't know if Black does it or I don't know if her parents do it. But um, White ends up becoming a part of the barrier. Well, because if you remember, uh, she dies she, during that portion. I'm trying to remember what tells me that she dies. The, well, this is the thing. The, the whole point with black and white, um, who uh, I'll just kind of briefly mention, they are kind of portrayed as like side characters at the beginning of the series and then yeah. slowly become like super important. Like yeah, I said, they get more the relevant series, as you go. <laughs> it starts very episodic and you may be like, oh, is this just like a cool like adventure thing? Like, no, there is a plot. It just takes oh, a while to get going. Yeah, um, yeah. But I believe she dies and her parents save her by making her part of the seal because as long as the seal is alive so she is alive where when did she die at what point like where uh i th- i don't remember if they actually show her dying i remember there is like a cut of her laying in on the floor bleeding like right. it's, it's that shot of her holding the gun and she's just bleeding out oh, so i think okay. she must have gotten attacked or something yeah something uh, like that and I can't remember the exact specific, but yeah, she and does. So and so then... now White, as Barrier Girl, is wandering yep. around the city, um, and then she runs across her brother, who says, don't come near me. I, I That was another thing I didn't quite get. But so And then uh, and, and then Black becomes possessed by an elder vampire. That's basically yeah. it. And basically... Like, as part of the bargain, he says, don't hurt White. Yeah. It, it It's basically... The collapse is... Um, you don't actually... I don't think ever find out what started the collapse. That's kind of the big mystery of the show of like yeah. what actually caused this. But one of the things that happened during it was there's these character these creatures called blood breeds, which are basically vampires, but they have like they're the kind of anime vampires of we can just fucking do whatever because yeah, we're vampires. They, like that's why I call them elder vampires. They're that's what they are. Uh, and basically, and basically, uh, so one of them escapes and is I believe going to possess black and then sees white come over and like i think the moment is is that if he kills white he'll just unleash the collapse again so he says look don't hurt her and i'll let you possess me so you can keep living kind of thing yeah like that's kind of the deal yeah that's the deal and so that was the deal that was struck um Um, and this is it's uh i guess it's like it so so it kind of comes to the head comes to a head um and the main character like leo uh leo meets white and becomes friends with her and meets black figures out he's an elder vampire and then everything hits shit hits the fan which happens every fucking day in that town but um and so uh leo like has to go in and kind of save the day but he doesn't actually he doesn't like punch anyone to save the day he just like shows up and it, by the way there's a lot of fighting in between um yeah so, <laughs> to, to kind of fill in what from what zach's saying is that um all of this stuff happens three years before Leo actually enters the city. 
Uh, and it's one of those, as we said, it's very episodic, but it also, it does actually do a pretty good job. Um, if you're, if you're paying attention oh, God. of spring of sprinkling these bits in, like it says, Hey, you know, the collapse happened three years ago. It's like, Oh, weird. White, you entered the hospital three years ago due to like heart condition. And yeah. anytime the seals are attacked, you'll know it cuts away to white yeah. kind of gripping your chest. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. That's, that's something I oh. noticed in, in post. And so, so white goes to the, uh, so so Leo shows up and then he, he basically convinces the other vampire to go away. I don't know what he did. He basically so said like one... other vampire, you still have hope in your heart. And then the other vampire says, Yeah, I do, and he goes away. And I'm well, like, Alright, whatever. And so Black comes back and then uses the last of white like mm. life force to reseal the barrier and so white finally dies and the barrier is re resealed. Yeah. Uh, to kind of explain that bit, the the elder vampire thing is uh, is the very classic. He's lived forever and just kind of wants to die, and he can't die, kind of thing. Oh, he I didn't quite get that. As much calamity, but he always and I think the hope is that one day he'll be free of this. Uh, so he thinks the collapse will help him do that. So mm-hmm. at the very in the very end part, um, and it's very weird because for as well as the whole series is, one of the things I always find it kind of didn't do well. And it might do well depending on how you feel about it. Is it doesn't always explain some of the more out there bits. Yeah, you like, get like nothing on it, and just like, well, okay. You kind of have to piece it together. So, uh, he wants to die. He's possessed black, um, and when he kills white, uh, it's because he's he's unseen the collapse. But what Leo does at the end is gives. All right, black... I forgot he kills he kills white. Like it's just a scene where he has a gun to her chest and then pop and then yeah it's really upsetting actually it is a super upsetting scene (laughs) it's like oh oh, that was a character i really liked and just gone whoop gone Um, well she does show up again to die again she does and and leo basically what leo does is basically gives uh the elder vampire and black his vision where he can see white because he can see oh right uh remember leo doesn't just see in his world he sees through all worlds and all barriers kind of right right um, so he sees white and it kind of comes to the realization that no, she may be gone, but she's still there. So, uh, he is able to, um, separate the vampire from black and then white uses some of her life force to keep black alive. And that's how they end that series. And there's the big heart wrenching moment of Leo. Like I could, I was trying so hard to save everybody and I failed. And then Klaus is like, no, you did exactly what you could do. You saved the city, Leo. You're a hero. It was like, no, God. Yeah, no. And like, admittedly, like Leo has a very fun emotional moment where he's like laughing and crying and happy and sad at the same time. Um, And it was just Uh, weird. He was just like, he was, he was, he was like, he was having a moment. And I was just like, damn, Leo. (laughs) Um, And two things I'll say about that. One, there are probably details on this ending that we did not get right. Oh, yeah. Um. And as I said, this is because it likes to deal with like what I guess we called super high level magic stuff and just sometimes doesn't really give a hard like explanation for what's happening. Yeah. You kind of have to interpret it. Yeah, there's some interpretation um, going on. Uh, and two, one of the things it does super well throughout the entire series, but here kind of exemplifies is it does character emotions very well. Yes, like, it does. Holy crap. The char- emotions on characters are great. Every character is like how do i put this you would expect from a series where it's like oh we're fighting demons and otherworldly things and you know the tone and look you're kind of serious 
But then every single character is kind of a goofball. Oh, yeah. Like, and, I do love that about it. And I love how they, how all the characters, they're just used to this. This is just the normal for them. And mm-hmm. they've, like, adjusted to it very, very well. Like, I'll say this. Zach, when I say the words blood blockade battlefront, you must think this is going to be the edgiest shit in the world. Yeah, I can. But it really, it really doesn't, like, end up being that way. It's like, yeah. what a bunch of losers. Yeah, sometimes like, you think even Klaus is kind of a loser. All right, <laughs> they keep cutting into him playing like a video game. Um, but what I was gonna say is that in this scene and kind of throughout the whole thing is they're very expressive and very emotional characters, and it's really nice to see these characters kind of go through the whole range of emotions. Even like characters who are super stoic looking right. will have their moments of doubt or joy or sadness. Yeah. Um, I, I've noticed this, god damn it, I, I'm just reminded of a, like, Leo is very expressive, which is why I like him, and I think Zap is also really expressive, which is why you see those two a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember there was a scene towards the end where there's a giant, like, piece of rubble falling mm-hmm. towards the earth, and it's gonna hit Leo, and then Chain literally teleports to him, goes, well, can't save you, see you later, and then teleports away, yeah. <laughs> I remember. It was like, wow, Chain. Uh, okay, Chain, thanks. Uh, you find out later what her power actually is in the in the episode in season two. And it's mm-hmm. like, ah, this makes sense now. Yeah, like, as far as I can tell, all she can, she can like, teleport. Um, uh, do you want an explanation? Or are you going to... No, uh, I'm probably going to watch season two. Um, okay. Um, so, see, uh, so, so one thing I do want to mention about the, the show and the plot I got is, um, here is my feminist critique of Blood Bucket Battlefront. This is a show okay. for boys and men. It it is a show yeah, about can... and for boys and men, and it's very obvious because th- every female character, at least in season one, is either a side character or a plot instrument. Mm. So this is kind of where I'd say I, I can see I can totally see that, and yeah, this is very much a uh, this is a shonen. This is for boys. Um, yeah, I think it. I wouldn't say like every char- like female character is inconsequential. Um, um, I I won't say inconsequential. I, I I'm saying that they're side characters. That they are. Yeah. They are I, less. They are of lesser importance to the male characters that exist on the show. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I actually would agree. And I don't want to. I agree with that. But I like. I'm not saying any of the characters are bad or that the show. Oh like, yeah. No. Is trying and, to be like. And and like, to clarify, it's just like. So the characters who get the spotlight in this one are very clearly like. It's, these are like kind of the first runners up. It is. Um, I I thought like I thought White was going to have more impact and have more agency in this show, and she just mm-hmm. didn't. Um, That's uh, if I had to give this series one down. like big critique on it is that White uh, is introduced very early in the series. Yep, and you would kind of expect her to to kind of keep showing up in, and in more capacity, um, and she does. She does show up, and she has these. Uh, I think very kind of cute moments with Leo yeah. as the series goes on. Uh, they basically she is, she's kind of more there as like the love interest until the series actually gets going. At which point, then she has to like start making these decisions up until then. But they don't really give her the agency until like maybe like the seventy five percent mark. Yeah, she doesn't really do anything until that point. And even because, at that point, she makes like maybe one decision. Well, uh, here's my argument against that: is that remember her, her whole flashback episode? right yes i remember that she, detour she is a character in a family of like super powered like espers there we go they were called espers uh, no they were Who, called casters were they called casters they were called casters in the the sub i was watching well then they're i don't know what they're called anything Ooh. but wizards yeah That's anything but wizards yeah um 
she's a in a she's a member of a magical family that cannot use magic and her kind of internal conflict is uh her brother is exceptionally gifted but just he doesn't want to use his gifts and she's extremely motivated but doesn't have any of these gifts yeah um and so you can kind of you can kind of see where uh her character in the beginning doesn't do much because she's already feeling pretty like down about oh yeah my brother's like possessed like this evil kind of thing yeah it's a very depressing sort of story and you know because of my weakness i let this happen but i do agree with you zach um it's like i kind of wish the female characters especially the cast got to do more yeah Uh, and i think season two actually does fix a lot of that okay Um, that's good that's good we're getting more (laughs) so here's what i'd say chain and kk uh are the two female characters i think in season one were kind of just there to be there right well i mean there were there were some male characters that were also just there to be there yeah um those two have probably two of my favorite episodes in season two are a lot of fun that's excellent um um but yeah, so uh, although the main the female villain got an episode in season one, which was a very funny episode. Okay, so she is very clearly what's her name? I don't remember. I don't remember. She's the pink haired girl. And yeah, there's the, the two, there's girl. Fempt and there's the pink haired girl who I really thought were going to be playing bigger roles in this story. No, they, they don't. I it's the it's, thing it's, is they they come off as like they they basically come off as a pair of the Joker. But they don't come off as, like, main villains. They come off more as, like, rabble-rousers and, like, devil-may-care sort of I-don't-give-a-fuck. Like, yeah. they've, they have passed the insanity point into being, like, almost incompetent. Aren't they both blood breeds? I, I think they are, aren't they? They might be. Which is or, funny because what? they don't seem to give a fuck. Yeah. I do like how they call them blood breeds. It's like, that. you mean vampires? Like, no, blood breeds. You mean vampires? vampires? Yeah, that's... Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's Fempt, uh, Dog Hummer. I don't remember her name. Anyway, yeah, Wait, I actually really is it like... just Vivian? No, Vivian. Vivian is the the lady who runs the uh, the burger place, the diner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, uh, her the the pink haired girl's villain's character. Uh, she has one of my favorite episodes, and she's the one that does the whole. My boyfriend's a cool demon, but I hate the way he looks. Let me just go stick him in somebody else. I'm sure they she don't mind. Like. She hits like extra levels of insane sometimes. It's yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that like she's shown as being like I don't know. She she has a very typical sort of like very good at one particular job. But so so that's something I I felt about it. The other thing that I guess I would have maybe a criticism. It just creeped me out. Was the weird, very close to incest vibe between those siblings. Mm. I I was like these siblings are getting way too close. Like this is uncomfortably close. Well. That that may be a my your mileage may vary. Yeah, um, I got that they were very close, and that was mostly because white comes off as like hyper protective of black, who is borderline. Listen, black, you're borderline useless. Yeah, right? he is. <laughs> he is unfortunately borderline useless. Um, so I, I guess I don't share that. I I didn't get that vibe. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I pretty much on the whole I actually really liked everything on this show. Like the animation was great. Uh, the music was fantastic. I listened to the soundtrack a lot. Like, all right, did you like the Persona Five soundtrack? I did. You should listen to the Blockade Battlefront soundtrack. Oh, it has a I very found her. Similar vibe. I found her. She's like listed really high up in the the casting list. Uh, Allegura. 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 Yeah. All right then. Oh my God, she is. She's one of the thirteen Vampire Kings. What? <laughs> uh. So I guess this is the part since we talk about the plot, the characters. Uh. 
I guess we'll wrap this up with some any any more final thoughts we had in the series. Um, I'll start off. Did you notice how uh, fucking insane the attack names were in this series? Oh yeah, they were fucking. They were they were just like everywhere. Uh, they would like. There's like a, a three second sequence of one of Klaus's move, and all it's doing is printing out the name, like the letters of this attack. It's like this has to end at some point, doesn't it? It's just it's fucking nuts. I think it's called. I think his big one's called Brain Grid Blood Form. Uh, brain, brain Grid Blood Technique Form Nine Hundred Ninety Nine Unbreakable Cross. Yeah, it's it's like it, fuck you again. The you names of the show go all the way to the to the crazy town uh let me ask you what was your what do you think were some of your favorite episodes um hmm i honestly i liked i liked z's longest day part one and part two those were very fun episodes um i enjoyed the chess game a lot (laughs) i actually i I like that it was nuts Uh uh-huh like it it went weird places um but it was Mm. just fucking weird yeah that one's very weird (laughs) uh i like that one uh i did like z's longest day uh i liked the hamburger ones the hamburger one was, was a, great <laughs> was it a two-parter or a one-parter i think it was just a one-parter but basically leo runs into this guy this little mushroom guy who's really really into hamburgers and he's like Super hey man give me a cheeseburger uh and th- oh i think the episode was called don't forget to forget me because whenever this little mushroom guy gets scared he releases this toxin that make that causes everybody to have amnesia including himself it's like what a stupid defense mechanism yeah like everyone forgets what happened which is a little weird it has this really sad moment of like oh this is like leo's one one friend and now they don't remember each other yeah it's this it's this little weird alien boy's best bud and now no one remembers the relationship um, well, they, I think at the end they they imply that they do become friends again. Yeah, the, like, oh. yeah, they, they become friends again, and the burgers are once again given to the little weird alien boy. Did you want to? Ha- did you want to eat a burger after the episode? I did. I kind of like, did, but I was also damn. I, I could use a cheeseburger. I was also late at good. night, so I wasn't as hot on getting a burger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was that is that is my opinion of Blood Blockade Battlefront. We talked a lot about it. We did. Yeah. Uh, I'm one thing I don't know if I got it. You did enjoy the series. I did enjoy it. I super much enjoyed it. I'm I'm uh, very likely to watch another season of it. Um, although I am kind of waiting for Crunchyroll to re- to like fully release all of uh. I I don't know if they've released what is the show? Um, Agent Magus Bride. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, Once they season, are done with part, season one of that, part one of that, that is all out. Episodes one through twelve are all out. Uh, so is all of uh Blood Blockade Battlefront. Is it? Is that and the is that the, the first season? Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. So two questions. Uh, the first part, because remember, anime does the thing of like uh, a season is basically split up into two parts of twelve episodes. Right. Uh, part one of Ancient Magus Bride is one through twelve. That is all up on Crunchyroll right now. If people are, and maybe we can talk about that later. Uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront <clears throat> is uh, currently and Blood Blockade and Beyond. That's part two. Are oh all God. on Crunchyroll. If people are so inclined to yep. go check that out, yeah. So those should. those are both again. Blood Bucket Battlefront is a good show. Uh, Ancient Magic Bride. I have heard very good things about it, and I definitely want to go check it out. Oh man! Well, I I am currently watching that. Maybe we'll maybe when you're finished with that, we'll uh, we'll do another, another one of these. <laughs> another one of these bonus round. Bonus round. 
Fight! All right, everybody. Do we have to fight now? Uh, no, no, oh, don't. Geez. Don't worry about it. I will use my brain grid blood form 18, 13, 14 and a half. Uh, I'll, it's the end of the podcast technique. Oh, shit. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for letting us ramble about this. We will catch you around. Yep. All right. My name's Adam. Goodbye. Later.